Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media, let's make some noise. From Asmacore Studios near Detroit, Michigan, it's Unregimented. Gangsters, what's up, guys? And now, here are your hosts. Hey, Happy New Year. It's number 218. I'm Chris. I'm Aaron. I'm Rich. Hey, remember in our, our, our 2017 wrap-up episode, Rich, are you talking about, hey, remember when we would have shows where for weeks we wouldn't go talking about the president? Well, this isn't going to be one of those shows. <laughs> well, no, because he is back from his for... vacation. His Twitter account's fired up. And, think, oh boy. Everyone's looking for indications of how 2018 is going to be. And we haven't gotten good indications so far. Yeah. Not from our president, not from the news. The uh, president tweeted at North Korea. Well, this was in response to an interview that, that Kim Jong-il did about how he has the button on his desk. Uh, they probably do have a button on his desk. I'm sure of that. And but when you slap it, it goes, part- that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> but it, this this cartoonish idea that like he launches the missiles directly from a button on his desk, but that's what he stated, and so of course Trump had to shoot back that um, right, basically that he has a button too. It's bigger, only, and then our, our missiles actually work. Which is a fair point. Throwing the dick joke, right? Has to. That's, right. that's that's about right, right? That that's that's about par for the course. Well, we do a podcast. We do dick jokes. We're not president of the fucking free world, <laughs> right? We've heard this has been like what decades now of nonsense coming out of North Korea, and it just is not worthy of addressing. And Trump is the guy who is stopping on the street, arguing with the homeless man, ranting on the corner. Yeah, he's the guy. He's the one. He's going up to the, the religious fanatic game. Yeah, he's going up to the guy in Vegas. If you're regular to Vegas, you know he's on the he's on the corner by Bally's. He's got his bullhorn. He's got his cross on his back, and he's sitting there preaching to all the sinners. He's the fucking drunk douche. He's the drunk frat boy. He's gonna go up and argue with the guy. Right. He's gonna be the one to talk sense into him. You're yeah. Well, we so let him be. Out. Shout his crazy shit, and we'll all get on with our lives. The the last missile test that North Korea did, the one that was like, oh, this is the one. This is this is uh, the missile that has the capability to reach American shores. And we found out that it landed in in one of North Korea's own cities. <laughs> Exploded yeah, on the gonna, launching pad. I was going to say, yeah, that that happened, and it's like. Uh, is it, I mean, look. So I mean, it's not I to say that there is still a threat there, but. <laughs> and look, look, I mean, just because that you live in North Korea doesn't necessarily mean that you know you really support who who your leader is. We're kind of going through that right now here. Choice. Exactly, we're kind of going through that right now. So, well, I would say a little bit over half of the U.S. is definitely going through that right now. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, and I, but I don't want to fucking see people who are just you know, who are, are cheering because there's a gun to their head, you know, literally or figuratively, 
getting fucked up because this asshole's trying to flex his little fucking pathetic fucking baby inchworm to our president with his baby inchworm. I mean, it's like... No, that is a, it's that's o- a very good point. The, the you villains think it's orange, are, too? The villains are the, the leadership of North Korea. It's not the country. You have a lot of people that are damn near slaves. It's orange. It's got like some unkempt blonde pubic hair right on top. It's always swiped to one side. <laughs> That's how you make a dick. Talk- That's how you make a dick joke, Donnie. Donnie John's dick. <laughs> <laughs> it's orange, but the little tiny little area around the fucking pu- the, the, the piss hole. That's really pale. <laughs> it looks like it's puck- it looks like it's puckered. <laughs> oh, anyway, but no, seriously. I mean, I, uh, this isn't this isn't 1960 fucking six. This isn't you know. Oh, you well, fuck them gook zipper heads because we're at war with them. Fuck that. I have sympathy for fucking people who ha- just by pure fuckery of circumstance are where they're at. They didn't do anything to ask for this. The average person in North Korea is probably just trying to get through life like the average fucking person here. Right. And well, they're, these they're fucking also not- idiots. They're not dealing with with a lot of information there either. They they only get what the state the image that the state wants them to see of America. Well, you know, I so even even if way. they are hateful towards us, it's it's not based on actual truth. <laughs> well, I look at it this way: how much shit do we not know what's going on? And how much are how much propaganda are we fed about North Korea? Times that by what? couple thousand i mean maybe i'm exaggerating but i I mean it's obviously a lot different there and here's the bitch of it i've seen one of their propaganda videos and after i and it was talking about american consumer american consumerism obsession with celebrity yeah etc etc and when it got done I, i sat there and i was like where's the lie though i mean i you got to admit when a motherfucker's got your number he's got your number and he, whoever put that video together, absolutely bullseyed American pop culture. Now, the problem is they're painting all of America with that brush. You can paint a lot of America with that brush, but not all of us. Come on now. Some of us like to be a little bit more engaged than keeping up with the Kardashians. Not many of us, but a few of us. I got to believe it's more than, than, than we think, dude. I have to. If not, that show's I, been on for 10 years. I don't care. I just have to believe it's more of us than than we think. Because if not, the business end of a shotgun's looking good about right now. So I mean, can we can we at some point could we like slip both of these idiots like some sleeping pills? You know, like him and him and for for, for Trump, put some in his KFC. You know, we'll whatever the fuck. Kim Jong whatever unlicensed to ill whatever the fuck his name is and then and we'll just throw him in like a gladiator pit right I and just go at it or you put him in the framework you do like a virtual reality thing where they you know you construct a whole world where they can blow each other up and then you after they're after everybody's dead and they're like oh gosh what did we do <laughs> then you wake them up out of it you disconnect them from the matrix and go, well, that was all a simulation. Let that be a lesson you know, I, to you. You, you do some just, black mirror shit to them. 
Or we could just let them kill each other for real. Uh, well, no. I mean, this is this is. I mean, but <laughs> two men enter, no man leaves. <laughs> you think either of them are going to die? No, they, they're going to survive in a bunker somewhere. Tried to Us run away from die. each other. No, if we put them in a fucking thunderdome, they would die of heart attacks trying to running in circles trying to keep away from each other. They would just go into cardiac arrest from being out of shape and running and scared. But no, I mean, I know it's a fucking movie, but. Haven't as as obsessed with with American culture as this asshole North Korea's dad was, and as obsessed with pop culture as Donald Trump has been, and obsessed with inserting himself in it. No one saw war games out of these two. Neither of them. I mean, the whole point of that movie was teach the computer. No one wins. It's mutually assured destruction if you if you play the nuclear war game. The only way to win is to not play. I mean, a five-year-old could pick that up from that movie. How do I know? Because I wasn't much older than that when I watched that movie, and I picked up the point. What the fuck is wrong with these two? I mean, seriously. I, I, I get it. A whole country has been handed to the idiot in North Korea. Trump Trump came to us like this. I, I do not believe Trump has gotten any worse. I just believe we're seeing Trump when he's given access to the power he's always wanted. Well, yeah, but... It- Trump's Trump. What is more astounding is that there's no Republicans willing to call him out on this. That everybody goes along with everything. I mean, look at this this feud now with Bannon, right? This this guy Wolf wrote this book that follows the the uh, first year of Trump's presidency and a lot of behind the scenes shit. Has all these quotes from Bannon about how. Trump and his whole family are just idiots that they probably did commit uh, some sort of treason. And so so Trump has to, you know, start a Twitter war with Bannon then and talk about, of course, how he wasn't, uh, he was just uh, an aide. He refers to him as an aide. Uh, he was a fucking White House advisor, but okay. Just every time somebody disagrees with the, the, the Trump administration, they're like, ah, well, all, they were just there to get coffee anyway. We didn't talk about real shit in front of them. Seriously, so, fuck, so comple- fuck that. We know what he was. He was one of fucking Trump's generals in the right. in the uh, the propaganda war, period. Right. But as soon as Trump puts out this tweet saying that he was nothing more than an aide, everybody just falls right in line. And just changes history like that. They they eat it up. I mean, even when <laughs> I don't understand how this this blind faith in him. That's what I don't get. Like I understand the people who put him in 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 power because they thought that he would uh, be useful. But people blindly follow him almost like they're fearful of dissenting from him. Much like the previously mentioned Kim Jong-il. There's that same sort of devotion. And, you know, the big difference here is that nobody's got a rifle pointed at these Republicans that are following Trump through it. You could agree with this policy and still say, I wish you wouldn't say things like anti... I wish you wouldn't (laughs) dictate nuclear policy through Twitter. I think it's a reasonable thing to say. I think it's... Most Republicans could get away with saying that and not 
be savage enough or, or not be uh, unseated. I think it's really Trump themselves that they're afraid that they are literally afraid of because if he decides if they do call him out on anything, he's got millions of Twitter Twitter followers that'll just make their lives miserable. I there was I was listening to NPR at work and there was one Republican congressman they had on who Flake. I cannot remember names. I sorry. I I I, I was literally driving. No, I know it was it was well it might have, they might have replayed it this morning. It was last night. Okay. Um he walked up to the line of criticizing Trump, but he he didn't have the fucking sack of a newborn baby to stick one fucking cunt hair worth of a fucking toenail over it. And I'm just like, that doesn't do any good. I mean, you know, listening listen there was there was a, a gentleman on NPR a couple nights ago and they were he was from he was a former Republican, and he said the exact same thing that I've said on this show just towards the Republican Party. He said, I didn't abandon them. They abandoned me. I'm a man without a party. I'm not a Democrat, but I damn sure am not a Republican anymore. And the reason is Trump. I can't get with this nonsense. And the Republican Party, for whatever reason, has bought what he's selling. And to me, that just shows how spineless these fucking cocksuckers are. When it really comes down to brass tacks, because, well, Trump won. That's good enough for us. And I I can't say what I want to say, but if these politicians are that fucking scared of their own shadow, folks, they ain't going to put up much of a fight. Whatever. Come get me if you want, NSA. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, I just wow. I don't know what else to say. These are chicken you shits. Know, these are not people who are going to defend themselves because they're chicken. I've, I'm, I'm sorry. Stuff, Stuff You Should Know podcast had a uh, episode about impeachment today. And they were talking about when they were putting together the the idea of how do you, you know, what what is the, well, just the idea of why is it important to have impeachment on the table for, for your elected official, not just the president. but And the reason is because the alternative is a mutiny that, of sorts that will end up in death. <laughs> you know, we have impeachment to avoid situations where I mean, not that it, not not that it completely avoids people crazy enough to uh, actually attempt an assassination, but that is the idea that we could have. Even in times of constitutional crisis, we could have still peaceful transfer of power. Was were they also talking on this on this podcast about how they're actually looking into pressing charges at the state level against Trump for oh, possible well, impeachment? I don't. If you're not familiar with stuff, you should know they they're kind of just a, a, well, they describe themselves as dilettantes the other day. You know, they just basically know the surface of many different subjects. So they research something, and they I mean, they did address the current. Uh, talk about possible impeachment of our, of our president because it's kind of impossible not to talk about that. That was just kind of tacked on to the end of it. What they more concentrate on with subjects like this are the history of it. But gotcha. Okay. But what what were you saying about the the states? Well, listening to to <clears throat> excuse me, listening to NPR today when they were talking impeachment, they 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 had a guest on. And he was a, God, I cannot remember his name. I'm sorry. Sorry, I've been working every shift they'll give me. Um, so everything kind of runs together. Uh, and he was a constitutional 
expert. He he actually argued in front of the Supreme Court a few times, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Constitutional lawyer. Yes, yeah. and uh, basically the gist of what he was saying, and I'm paraphrasing hardcore here, so so forgive me if I get some of the details wrong, is the nation needs to give up this this Russia shit. It's 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 basically just a carrot on a stick to keep us going in that direction with blinders on, mm. because there's plenty of other shit to nail this man on because he has plenty of shady business dealings and they have nothing to do with Russia that are much easier to prove. The problem is, is that he controls, I mean, uh, case in point, he come out and basically said, well, if I want to end an investigation, I'll just do it. And it's not, it's his, as president, he has the power to do so, but that also cast such a guilty shadow on him yeah and the man was almost impossible for him to lead after that after doing pulling a move like that yeah because nixon did it and nixon had it nixon told one of his people under him fire the chief of the justice department and and the guy under nixon said nope and nixon had to keep going (laughs) yeah he had to keep going down the line until he finally found a sycophant who would fucking do it and this guy said i don't we think Nixon was ruthless. Trump well, is even thing, more so. Like when you when you put uh, somebody in a position like that, what choice do they really have? Because what's your alternative? If you say yes, I'm going to go ahead and fight, then you're complicit in something that you know that the the president's going to go down for anyway, right? So I'm, so you're going to be I mean, out of a job either way. So do you want to be jobless and innocent, or do you want to be jobless and a criminal? Well, I'm going to venture to guess completely reckless speculation on my end, but I'm going to venture to guess that most of these guys who are at this level in in politics, in the government, have a law degree of some sort. And yeah, I shit on lawyers a lot, but I got to believe there's a percentage of lawyers who went into it because they believe in the law. And it's got to be eating these gut guys' guts up to sit oh, here there a, and watch the law be perverted and twisted. There actually is. Uh, I forget his name, but there, one of Trump's lawyers quit in this last week. He told the rest of the lawyers that, that they're all working on this Russia case together. He said, I believe that what I witnessed was possibly treasonous behavior, certainly was collusion, and I can't work on this case anymore. Goodbye. So <laughs> we, need, we need to find out his name. Make him a Democrat. Put him up there for 2020. <laughs> Oh, but if he's a male, you know, there'll be a problem with that. Well, or he wears glasses or he's bald or he's too short. You know, we have a, has a beard. We have a bunch of reasons. We, you know, the South, uh, we, we only vote for certain people, even though they're Democrats and we're Southern Democrats from up North. You know, we, we have a bunch of bullshit reasons in this country. People won't vote for someone for president. They have nothing to do with the fact whether they're qualified for the job. Case in point, I'd like to have a beer with him. Really? I'd like to. I, you because know, that's how we used to pick the presidents, you know? They'd go around having beers with everyone, and, and they'd all vote on who was the best guy to have a beer with. Well, at least <laughs> if, if if I could get a presidential candidate to sit down across the table from me and have a beer with me, if he said some stupid shit, I could bust my mug over his head and at least get that satisfaction. We can't even fucking get that. Oh, these town hall meetings, pre-approved questions, questions handed to the people to ask. Don't deviate from the script. How is that fucking... F- I'm sorry. I'm I, I'm holding back a rant so bad. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I think if you, if you ask the founding fathers on this issue, it's not about 
who would you want to have a beer with? It's that it should be the guy that you'd already are having a beer with. That it should be the people who are stepping up into office and then, you know, retiring, <laughs> going away, not being a career politician. Well, that was how that's how the system was set up originally. Right. But so I mean it's, it's not it's not to say that like the idea of having a beer with the person uh, that's going to lead the world is a, is is a way that it, it first of all how do you even judge that you know because they seem affable on TV because they speak they use words that you understand well i mean to me the, the the most one of the most telling things of how this is going to go until he's out of office one way or the other is the fact that he hemmed and hawed that he'd have won the popular vote if it wasn't for 3 million illegals who voted and then he appointed someone to, to look into it and then just disbanded it. And they never even gave yes. him a report. No. Why? Because we're coming up on a year since I put my hand on the Bible and said, look at these billions of people standing in front of me. It's the biggest crowd ever. So he just thinks the rest of us don't fucking remember him saying this shit. And it's it, I, really. And I mean, no, we, we don't care. This is gangster shit. And we don't care. Like the people that care can't do anything. And the people who can do something aren't inclined to do it because they're riding his coattails. And I mean, it's it's just like you got to be kidding me. And I love I love the fact that he has discredited the media so much. Fuck the media. He's discredited journalists so much that no one can call him on shit. I mean, on Detroit today they were discussing this this subject. This is a local show on, on WDET here in Detroit, in our local NPR station, and people were calling up and, and just saying fake news, basically, and hanging up. And it's like, that's what you're going to say to someone who's a journalist who, who has been investigating this since before he was, before the first vote was cast in the 2016 election, they've been digging into to Trump's, not just Trump, but his party of people around him, his inner circle, and this is what they found. And they have no discernible from 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 like they're not trying to, to they're not from MSNBC they're not from the Young Turks they're not from Huff you know Huffington Post or something. these are j- journalists who are trying to who 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 have always tried to be objective and these people just call up and ejaculate nonsense like fake news out of their mouth and that discredits them in the eyes and minds of. I mean, let's say there's twenty five thousand listeners of that show. Half the people listening, because I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say, half the people in the country do the same thing. And I'm just going, you gotta be kidding me to just make this big of a deal about illegal voters to the point where we were arguing about it. You and Chris were going at it pretty good back and forth about, you know, should there be a voter ID? I don't see what the, you know, the big deal is asking for a picture ID, et cetera, et cetera, and. It's just, eh, I'm done with it. I'm bored with it. It's like a little kid who, I want this toy, I want this toy, I want this toy. Christmas comes, he gets it. Five days later, you find it outside in the snow, broken. What happened to that toy you wanted? I got bored with it. You could argue his marriage history demonstrates that. Well, I think it was more about that he, he wasn't seeing any results from it because there's not, their job was to substantiate his claim that two million illegals voted, that voter fraud was rampant in this election and there's just no proof of that so 
I mean, when they come up empty-handed, do you think he's not going to go? say it's rampant election you won? That means, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Th- th- does he not he make that connection in his head? It, you know, all this started from the idea that he didn't win the popular vote. And that obviously stuck in his craw. And I saw he said he, something this week where he's still, like, he's still trying to defeat Hillary. He made some kind of comment about her this, and I'm just like, dude, you won like a year ago. He's like, why are you still trying to defeat her? You defeated her. They opened up another investigation into her emails this week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I saw. I'm like, what? She, you have vanquished the foe. Stop it, Hillary. If you love this country as much as you have said you do, call Jack Kevorkian's son or something. Take yourself out. Be- <laughs> what? Because, because then, no, no. Because then the excuse is gone. Because it's, but because what, what I'm saying is the best thing that can happen is for her just to fucking renounce her citizenship, move to some fucking country that's going to love her, and just fucking never even mention the word America again. Move to Kenya. Just, I mean, seriously. This is. As long as there are these distractions, this is what the American people are going to fucking just just hump until it's dust and bones. Because I still see people constantly. I hear people. I don't know why people. I don't bring these subjects up to to, to people that I'm uh, I'm serving at work, but they'll bring politics up to me. Oh yeah, that fucking cunt. We need to fucking hang her high from the nearest tree. She's a tree, you know, blah blah blah, treasonous and this and that. And, and I'm like. What what threat does she pose at this point to anybody? Seriously. She's never going to run for office again and be taken serious. She's been drugged through the mud, rightfully or wrongly, does not matter. She's never going to be clean again. All she can do is give speeches for ridiculous amounts of money. That's it. I mean, I'm waiting for them to start to attack Chelsea because it'll piss her off by proxy. Well, we... We can't really touch her. Let's attack her daughter. I'm waiting for that shit to start. Because this it's like, it's distraction tactics, man. It really is. I don't believe he gives a fuck one way or the other about her this much. It just keeps us talking about this right. instead of the right. other shit that's going on. Or not us, but you know what I mean, the, the general public. But and it's not it's not one of those both sides issues that I see. Like... It, <laughs> Republicans don't seem to be able to win gracefully. Good I mean, Lord. Nobody does. I, yeah, but how much... I mean, I would not say what's his nuts won gracefully. Uh, the guy who? who defeated Roy Jones. Uh, oh, you okay. mean Roy Moore? Or Roy Moore, yeah, Roy Jones. <laughs> he, he got Doug, a ring Doug with Jones. Roy Jones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> An old white man beat up Roy Jones. No, Doug Jones, right? So, yeah, Doug news. Jones. I don't know. I mean, what what was so... Uh, what was wrong with the way that he he uh, conducted himself after he won? Well, I guess maybe not not him. More so the the left. It's it. There was a lot of. It, it, it seems like Jesus Christ came back to Earth the night he won that election. A lot of the re, a lot of the reactions you were seeing. Right, but what we're seeing here is over a year past the election there's still a lot of animosity towards Hillary Clinton and the Obamas and i don't it's not like the day that Barack Obama won we all stopped making fun of George Bush but we did get over it really quickly i will say this 
It's because racism was over. We didn't. We a year into Obama's administration, we weren't going. Yeah, but Bush was a war criminal. We got to get him for that. We were just like, okay, that's done. Moving. Let's look forward. I I will say this: when the 2008 campaign was in full swing, and McCain was doing one of his town meetings, town hall meetings, and he, you know, I won't vote for Obama because. He's a, he's a Muslim and he's a Kenyan. And John McCain said, wait a minute, hold on. I have to stop you. I don't know the man very well personally, but I know he's not Kenyan and he's not a Muslim. That wait, He actually he made the, the, the crime of saying that his opponent was human and was just as American as he was. And they just disagree on policy, not the idea that, you know, that. He, he believed that Obama wanted the best for American for America the same way that he did. They just disagreed on what was best for America. That was it. Exactly. And and God damn it, I wish we... I, I just... I mean, I long for just eight years... Well, now nine years ago of just... Can, 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 can we just... Can we just agree that you don't like that this man won an election and keep all this bullshit tabloid speculation infowars garbage out of it nope we can't no because it was all because it's all based on fear and i think a reasonable fear you know when the guy that you've had your your boot on his neck for the last 200 years plus suddenly gets up and and rises to power maybe you should be afraid (laughs) patrice o'neill's one of his best bits uh okay white people you gave Obama a two-year shot. I give you credit. I thought it was going to be Vengeance Day. I thought I was going to have a white slave. I thought I was going to go up and warm up my bed, Susan, <laughs> while I stare at your husband in the backyard and decide if I want to sell him. You know? And it's like, <laughs> it's like I got none of that. But, no, I mean, this is, this is something that, that, that I didn't know about until about three days ago. And I was just doing random digging, and I ran across this. Buried in this tax bill that got shoved through 48 hours after it was fucking finished. I mean, the ink wasn't even dry, and this shit got shoved through. Buried in this tax bill is defunding of researching alternative energy sources and putting more and putting that money, diverting it into oil and coal. Now, the bitch of this is, is that even the most conservative economists agree that alternative energy sources in the next 20 to 30 years is, is we're talking 25 to 35 billion dollars could be if, if we are the world leaders of this. And guess who is now if this tax bill is carried out to term and and no one fucking stops this China. That's who will be. China will be at the forefront of researching alternative energy. And for all these businessmen, all these oil men who you know them fuckers vote nothing but Republican, why the fuck wouldn't they want to cut the tit to the fucking Middle East and be at the forefront of America and them, they have the money to invest in it. But they're not doing it. They're holding on to these fucking. Well, no, because where do you think their money's invested now? Yeah, but you can for them to divert a couple billion in it, it, 
just into research and development. It's it's the it's lie nothing. of the. It's the lie of the free market. Uh, all these businesses like to crow about how the free market allows them in America allows them to grow and innovate in ways that they just couldn't do elsewhere. And yet what we continually see is businesses, huge corporations that are allowed to be stagnant, to not be forward thinking and you know in a free and open market in, in a capitalist society, they would just eventually go bankrupt, dissolve, you know, if you can't continue to service your customers, you go out of business. But because they are now considered too big to fail, we have to continue to support these businesses. What's happening with oil is the same thing that we saw happen with car companies. They weren't listening to, they, they didn't have their, their fingers on the pulse of what was happening in the country, and their product became obsolete. Did, and you, did you see the it, New Chappelle specials, Rich? And, well, you know, I mean, the it car talks companies... about coal? Car companies kind of got the message on that. The coal companies aren't. The coal, if, if you're an energy company, you should be an energy company. If coal, oil, whatever, natural gas is your current product, that's fine. But you should also know that eventually that resource is going to run out or just become so unpopular that it's not going to be uh, a good product anymore. And so you should be looking for solar, wind, any form of alternative energy. I mean, that's, that's what tech companies are doing. And yet, even though these companies re refuse to be forward-thinking on their technologies. They are so big, and they send so much money right back to the politicians that they are protected. And that is anti-capitalist. That is n the exact opposite of this free market that, that everybody claims is the, the genius of, of, our, of our system. Which is interesting you say that, because that gentleman I, that I was talking about who said that he feels like the Republican Party's abandoned him, mm -hmm. said that's one thing that he said, this administration, I, 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 they preach free market, but they do the exact opposite. Oh, yeah. And I'm just, and I'm just like, okay, you see this. And this is, this is a guy who, you know, he went to like Yale, lifelong Republican, never even contemplated being a Democrat. All based on on the economy and financial issues, he really didn't. Now, if he if he has some conservative like social values, he really didn't get into it. His main beef was all their financial and 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 economy issues. That's that was his beef. And I mean, one of the things he brought up that blew my mind is he's like, look, I am all for private businesses putting money into research and development for stuff. But we as America, in the, especially after World War II, in the 40s, 50s, 60s, basically until Nixon was, was in full swing in power, invested heavily in tech research and development. And that's what set the stage for the tech boom that we've been riding the wave of ever since. Yeah. And we're not doing it. And once again, when, when we stopped doing it, because Trump said, I'm going to divert money from that, I'm going to divert money from social programs. We want to put it into strengthening our nation. That 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 military industrial complex that we were warned about. All right, that's where all that money is being. Because, folks, if you're a Trump supporter and you are under the delusion that this money is going to 
going to not be spent somehow and it's going to come back to you, you're fucking delusional. It's just being diverted. And it's China who's going to fucking lead this. Do we really, I mean, look, if we want to fucking just say fuck it, we don't want to be the world police anymore, we don't want to be the world power, then let's just fucking do it. Let's just fucking do it. Let's get it over with. Drop all pretense of we want to hold on to the number one spot. But I don't think that's what the fuck politicians want. I just think they're so fucking short-sighted, they don't realize it's going to be taken from us. And we're probably going to be so far behind in the race, we're going to get lapped. We're actually, you can be so far behind, you actually think you're ahead. And I think that's where we're at right now. We're falling behind dangerously fast. And it... I mean, yeah, people say, okay, in, you know, 50 years, and you'll hear people say, I don't give a fuck, I ain't going to be here in 50 years. You got kids? You got grandkids? They will be. Do you give a fuck about them? I understand your narcissistic ass only cares about you, but if you were, if, if, if you thought that you were so special that you had to procreate, you should worry about those fucking children you put out there. And it's just, I don't, I, I, I don't understand it. I don't get it. And I don't understand why it's not a bigger story. We need to, this is, this is what journalists need to put out there and stop with this fucking tabloid distraction bullshit that this administration pumps out like fucking, you know, like, like smog into the air. Like it's no big deal because I just, I just, I'm at a loss. I mean, when I'm hearing very, very conservative, you know, people who are experts in the economy, people who are experts in tech and are very conservative going, I am frightened. To the point where I might just, I'm lucky enough to have money and pick up and leave this country. And I might just do so. That, that, that should scare you. Okay, it's like when a tsunami's coming. If you go to the beach and all the animals who usually hang around the beach are heading in the other direction, that's a sign. It's the canary in the fucking, it's the canary in the cave. Alright, in, 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 in the mine. Yep. When that canary's dead, get the fuck out of that mine. Right. And that's what, that's what we're seeing. Hey, uh... And no, I'm sorry, Chris, to answer your question, I watched part of the first one, and I, I haven't seen at all uh, at all the second one, but I've heard a few clips hey, about uh, the Chappelle show. Uh, it's time for our special guest. Oh. From oh, Peru. Hey. See if he picks up. Hello. Hey. There we go. Todd, Hi there. Toddzilla. Who the hell is this? Who the hell Todd, is this? welcome. Why are you calling me? Yeah. How the hell did you get my number down here? <laughs> I don't even know who the hell you are. Prank caller, prank caller. <laughs> What's happening, boys? Hey, the internet works in Peru. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I just got off like a like an hour uh, uh, FaceTime video chat with my girlfriend. It's like technology's everywhere. It's awesome. You hear me? Okay. How's how does this sound? Great. Yeah, you sound you great. sound good. Uh, and stop no. lying. That wasn't that wasn't an hour worth of talking. That was forty five minutes worth of talking. Fifteen minutes worth of all right, baby. Show me some titty. <laughs> no, fuck. no, I don't need to see titty. I got porn, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, he said the internet works. This is, yeah, man. I've, I've got this. Uh, I've been up in the mountains uh, for like the last three weeks. No internet. No anything up there. They like candlelight is basically everything that's going on. But I, I started to get this dental work done down here, and I had to come into town to kind of, you know, make things a little easier. So I've got this little tiny $6 room <laughs> at a hostel in downtown Juarez, uh, uh, Peru. 
And it's great. The internet's fast. I've got hot water. I can brush my teeth. I've even got this little stupid uh, flat screen TV on the wall with CNN. I feel like I've fucking checked into the Taj Mahal or something. Well, all those, all those uh, college kids down there in their gap years, you know, they need a good internet connection. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they got to sit there and uh, make sure they upload their selfies to Facebook every ten minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah, it's true. Oh, you sound like an old guy. It's Instagram. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I haven't the WhatsApp thing yet. Do you guys use WhatsApp? Negative. Uh, no. no, I don't me, get me it. Either. It's, That's the, it's, it's a texting app, right? Like I already have. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no fucking idea what it is. It's gonna it's be like, something. Oh, you, I'm are you on here. WhatsApp? I'm on WhatsApp. Are you going with that? I don't know what the fuck it is. No, I'm not. I'm not even on Facebook anymore. Barely anyway. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. I just, I, I feel very bohemian today. So, What's new? What, what, what are we talking about? What's, what's, uh, what's the unregimented uh, talk of the day? You never guess. Well, <laughs> I think <laughs> we had to vent about Trump, so I'm at the top of the show. But we were just talking about how... America is slipping from being a leader in any sort of technology. Right. Because it's all about coal. It's all about what? Coal. It's going to bring us back. (laughs) Oh, bringing bringing back coal. Yeah. But Uh, what a wonderful idea. Let me see if I can. Well, we're at it. Let's bring back the landline telephone, right? Who needs all this mobile technology? (laughs) I know there was the the story about the swatting incident that ended in 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 an innocent man's death. I only know the swatting. I only know the broad brushstrokes on this. You want to give me the deets? I'm kind of shocked that hasn't happened before, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're not familiar with the practice of swatting, it's uh, it's a gamer thing, right? I mean, it's when one gamer playing online with another one gets so mad that. He calls in a fake, you know, he calls into the police, says that they've got, a, you know, a bomb or hostages or something like that. Something that would get a SWAT team or just a team of cops to show up at the door and fuck with them. Oh, and this is supposedly really funny for the other participants to hear that because, like, you know, they'll be in the middle of the game and all of a sudden the police show up. Well, in this instance, there was uh, one of the, the gamers, I don't know why he gave him an address. That's the thing is, like, how do you know where to send the SWAT team? Because it's that, because it's that tough talking bullshit. Here's my no. address. Come get me. Right. Well, hey, he did okay, that, that, but he gave him a d- fake address. Well, hold on. That does happen. Yeah. But a lot of these gamers stream. And believe me, if 4chan's taught me anything, if they can get an inkling of where you're at. Yeah. They can find out exactly where you're at if if they really want to, and when you're streaming, sometimes it, you, it'll have your location in there, uh, and that's enough. That's enough. Okay, so it's a city, and I got a city and a state. Let me dig up what I can, call the cops, boom, good enough. Because I mean, it's 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 it, interestingly enough, this is a good subject to have Todd on for. It goes back Uh-oh. to lots of social media because what they'll do is they'll get some info and then they'll they'll scan the internet for any social media or internet presence and put or, together like a puzzle like a puzzle to put together all the pieces. Or if you've and posted a photo, they, they, most photos are geotagged. 
yeah, they can just find time, out yeah. from they can just find out from any you know selfie that you put online. Yeah, that too. Well, yeah. So the an address is given, a fake address is given. Well, it's not a fake address. It was somebody else's address. I don't know whether the the gamer that gave out the address knew that he was giving out somebody else's address or if he just kind of picked randomly. But when they showed up to the third person's address, who didn't know what the fuck was going on, that guy ended up being shot in his doorway. <laughs> and there, there's a lot of talk of who's who should be ultimately responsible here. Is it the guy who made the fake call? Is it the guy who gave the fake address? Yes. All of is the it, above. How about all or of the above? It, can we just... Or is it the cops? Can we just... Who shouldn't have been... I mean... Like, uh, cop the wouldn't be there no, if it wasn't for the first two idiots. Just kill yeah. them all. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Just use one rope. What's you can the first string two idiots? together like a fucking Christmas tree. And just... Yeah. The, 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 pol- yeah. the police are never called if it's not for the first two idiots. Or they shouldn't say the cops never there if it's not for the first two idiots. Oh well, God. let's consider the man who gave the fake address. It's doubtful that the address was given saying, "Yeah, I don't care. Go ahead and call the police on me." It was probably like you're saying, tough guy talk. Like, yeah, if you if you think you're so you're so tough, here's my address, and we'll we'll decide the old fashioned way. So. I don't know, even if you could prove that he gave out the address knowing that the police would be called on, on that address. I, but I guess my problem is there's there's a dead body on, on our hands now. Like, there's... Like, I, I didn't know doesn't seem to be, like, well, tough shit. I mean... Oh, uh, yeah, but what? <laughs> like, something... Ha- like... Uh, Something happened. Somebody got killed. You sh- you shouldn't. Uh, I understand if we're person. talking about the guy who called the cops. No, like, I, his I know. intention wasn't to have somebody killed, right? But that's what happened anyway. And there's a word for that: it's manslaughter, or sometimes even second degree murder. We didn't pull the trigger. But I guess being right. an idiot shouldn't get you out of this. Is where is where I'm going. No, but well, I, I think just, one of the. I, think I, I don't know if the guy who gave is, out the fake address should, should be held responsible. I think one of the interesting things in all this is the police chief of the town, whatever, police chief, sheriff, whoever the fuck it was exactly, he came out real quick to say, we did nothing wrong, we responded to what we thought was a credible threat. It's the person who gave us the bogus tip. It's their fault. Uh-huh. And, you, and in my experience, usually when someone comes out, I mean, immediately after something, fuck, you know, some fuckery happens and they start pointing fingers at everybody else, it's like, oh, okay, someone didn't do due diligence here. It's kind of hard I to mean, say that, that your team didn't do something wrong, though, when an unarmed man was shot. Exactly. On his front porch, he came out. Now, the the call, I heard the call. The guy called the police, first of all. He said he shot his dad, and he had his mom and his sister as hostage. Yep. And they said, "Can you? Would you? Can you get rid of the gun?" And he said, "No." They said, "Well, what kind of gun did you shoot him with?" I don't know. It was my father's. If this person 
had committed the crime that they were claiming, that was the most under-control hostage situation. He did sound really cold. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just cold, like ordering a pizza. And I, I can't put that on the 911 operator because there's a lot of fucking weirdos out there who can do some fucked up shit and not even blink an eye. But, I mean, I'm listening to it, and I'm going, <sighs> okay, trying to take my knowledge of the situation and put it aside for a second and i'm going i would i would think i'm like something ain't right here that doesn't sound right you just shot your father your mother and your kid sister are sitting there and it's bone quiet where i can hear a pin drop in the background there's not any noise there's not crying there's not sobbing there's not begging yeah but we live in a society where you 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 can't do that anymore they, uh, it, it's we're now so litigious with everything. You have to check out everything. Right? It, it's not about oh, no, the no, no. judgment of the person. It's about the responsibility of the whole organization in responding to this. I'm not saying that I would have, if I was a dispatcher, that I'd have been like, okay, prank caller and hung up. Right. But I would have definitely made. It's a very weird situation. Here's why. Very clear before I called and sent anybody to that address. Yeah, but you know, just be aware. This doesn't seem right. Well, be aware something's up. Tied up and gagged, it's going to be pretty quiet. I mean, I guess, man. I, I, I don't know. I just... <clears throat> see, here's the thing. I've been... I've, I've never seen it live, but I've seen YouTube clips of people who were streaming on Twitch, who were gaming, and got swatted. Like, one guy's playing a game, and he's talking to, to some people online, and he's playing, and he goes, hold on a sec, guys. And you hear a ruckus in the background. He goes, <laughs> he starts laughing. He goes, I think we're being swatted. And next thing you know, his bedroom door gets kicked open and the SWAT team's throwing him around the room like a rag doll. Yep. I mean, so this is not the first time. This is, Aaron, you brought this up two years ago. The first time that I, heard, I have ever heard of it. You're the one that brought it up and you brought it up on the show. Mm-hmm. And, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Jay was on, and Jay was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He knew a lot more about it than, than any of us. And I'm like, oh, shit. So this is this is not something that's going anywhere if it's starting to spread to the point where even non-gamers know about it. Right. It's, it was only a matter of time before somebody died. Yeah. I mean, because, well, you know, let's be honest. The police, no matter what, with a, with a no-knock warrant, they're kicking open the door. If you have anything on four legs barking... It's dead instantly. <laughs> They're going to blow. I don't care if it's a fucking. I don't care if it's a Yorkie. They're sending that fucker across the room in a fucking hail of gunfire, and that's all there is to it. So if they're that trigger happy coming through the front door, and I mean, let's be honest, what dog wouldn't fucking get up and bark if someone kicked open your front door? And they go, I feared for my life. Well, if you're that amped up to where you're going to shoot anything that's on four legs and make a noise. What are you going to do with people who are just sitting there and they fucking dive for the fucking to get out of the room because they think, holy shit, this is a home invasion or something? Right. I mean, these are ask like, you guys a question. Yeah. yeah. Could I ask you a question? What, what are you trying to get at here? What, are you trying to find and figure out who's responsible for this and where to put the blame? Is that is that what the, the discussion's about? Because it seems to me well, that any, anybody who is neanderthalic enough okay to be playing a fucking video game and think that it's somehow funny cute appropriate whatever word you want to use to call the police make a fake police report and send 
you know, public resources, a SWAT team to somebody's fucking house to kick a door open needs to be put the fuck away. I don't care if you're 13 years old and you're, you're trying to be cute. You think it's funny and all this other shit. I mean, uh, wh- where are we where we're even having a conversation about how uh, uh, where we're going with this? You know what I mean? It, it, it doesn't make any sense to me that it even in any realm, in any any universe, any any dimension that that is funny. You know what I mean? So where are right. we with this? Well, I mean, there's there's definitely that that aspect that interests me. I because mean, there's a lot of people saying that the guy who gave out the fake address should be held responsible as well. Why? But the, Why? But I I don't know. I mean, um, if you, of course you're going to give a fake address. You're not going to give some douchebag right. on the internet playing a video game your actual address so the guy can come over and I don't know throw a Molotov cocktail through your window. Of course you're going to give a fake address. <laughs> I right? think that the. the the idea that confounds me the most on this is that what you're basically having is, a, you know, a tough guy argument. Yeah. And internet avatars and the person, going at each and, other. Right. Yeah. And and the guy who quote unquote wins is the guy who calls the cops. Like that's the isn't that the most pussy ass move? It used to be. Yeah. It's, <laughs> right? it's beyond that though. Yeah. It's, it goes. It's, it goes into some other realm. I don't know what. I, but makes me sound like get off my lawn. But when we were growing up, it used to be like yeah, but guys used this, to be what the, right if you, <laughs> the pussy move calling the cops. Oh this yeah, isn't, yeah, this isn't yeah, of course. This isn't limited to video gaming. This is when I lived in Detroit and we were doing the show. I told you guys my next door neighbor's house got raided, and they got raided on an anonymous tip that they were selling drugs out of it. DPD did no yeah, surveillance of this house. Kicked open the front door of Mr. Washington, a seventy-something-year-old man retired from Ford. Mm-hmm. They killed. They killed two of his dogs, drug him out and his wife in the winter in their fucking night clothes. Nah. And what did they find? A couple hunting rifles and like a gram and a half that was his son's. And supposedly someone called in a tip. Oh, wow! He's like fucking Walter White over here. Now here's the bitch of it. Nothing came of it. The, the DPD were not held to any consequences for lackadaisically kicking open someone's fucking door on a no-knock warrant, murdering animals, dragging people out, putting people's innocent people's lives at danger. You telling me a gram and a half is 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 it's justifiable to kick someone's front door open and maybe escalate a situation to where cops and civilians die? Over a gram and a half of weed, something that's decriminalized See, in the fucking city of Detroit so you, at the time. So you think? You, I, just to clarify, Rich, you think that the the, the Detroit Police Department is is the 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 uh, I guess the singularity of blame here? No, I think it's. That, and this is this is gonna this is gonna sound weird coming from me. I think it's the fact that you have these police unions who protect these fucking cops, no matter what they fucking do, and give them the best pay lawyers they can. And then you have these grand juries who think, oh, well, these are the cops. They're not going to lie. They're not going to say nothing. They're, they're above reproach. They're, they're not going to make a mistake like that. Really? Really? What fucking planet do these people live on? Cops are human. So this, but, but this was triggered. The, 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 this act was triggered by an anonymous tip, right? An anonymous tip. Now, let me ask you a question, though. You're yeah. telling me if, if, if the, the, the drug enforcement squad in Detroit gets this tip, they don't have... The people to park someone a few houses down 
Right. You know, unmarked car and watch for a day or two before they fucking kick open the door on an anonymous. No, I, I I totally agree with you there. I'm just I'm just wondering if uh, you know if we're going to be better off if say the tip was about uh, maybe a transfer back to what we were talking about before, like a hostage situation or something like that. And something do you do you want the Detroit police for or any? Yeah, do you want them tentative? Do you want them on their heels saying, "Oh my God, this could be fake," and not do anything at that point? Well, I think it's been way, my understanding that in the hostage situation, you don't go in fucking guns blazing. I just, yeah, just, I'm just using that as a as a general example. Though, I mean, any any sort of dangerous situation where a life may be in in jeopardy, do you want them saying, "Oh my God, is this is this fake"? Maybe we don't want to do that. You know, I, I wonder where the where the line is with that. I mean, with with drugs and you know, like you're saying, like a half a gram of whatever. I mean, yeah, obviously you well, probably that's, that's would a- do some surveillance, but. Yeah, that's a completely valid question. Um, I guess I the the answer seems like kind of an intangible thing. Like, I would like to think that the, the people that are ultimately making these decisions on, on the scene are making them using their judgment as well and not just yeah. the information that they're given going into it. Yeah. You know, well, we, I mean, we he, also. I mean, a hostage situation, and the guy answers the door in his tank top, and it's like, <laughs> "What the fuck's going Just, on here?" SpongeBob underpants, huh? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like it, that should immediately give you a signal that like something's yeah, not right. right here. Yeah. And the bitch of it yeah. was the the shot was from a distance, so this was not one of the officers who were closest right. to the to, to the guy. On his porch, this was someone who was set up with a rifle to shoot from a distance and did. And this is this is where I'm going with this. This is the problem with police. You are police. You are not a military in an occupied country. Okay. You walk around. We 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 arm the police with military equipment. We give them. Basically, the same thing that we give, you know, guys in Afghanistan who are going house to house clearing, you know, whatever, hovels, whatever they call them, out over their hamlets, excuse me, that's what they call them, yeah. hamlets, you know, in the middle of the night. And what do you expect to happen? We need to fucking, yeah. we, we got to stop this bullshit because this is going to turn into, it's going to turn into... And it's already happened. It's, it's already went to the Supreme Court, and there's been, or not Supreme Court, but to higher courts, there's been rulings that if you're a citizen and the police enter your house and pose a threat to you, you can defend yourself. Now, wh- now what's going to happen? The police aren't going to de-escalate the situation, and now you have courts right. saying that as a, as a citizen who's not committed a crime, you have a right to defend yourself against the police just as much as a criminal. The cops are just going to double down on their end. And it's, you think we're in a police state now. Yeah. Take it to its logical conclusion. Do you guys ever read, uh, there's a, a book that came out several years ago uh, by, uh, I think his name was Radley Balco. I talked about it, I think maybe, I, in fact, I know I talked about it when I was doing the other podcast. Uh, it's called Rise of the Warrior Cop. And it goes into the the whole thing about the uh, militarization of law enforcement in the country and uh, a lot of the surplus military equipment being sold to uh, local law enforcement agencies and things like that. And and one of the points he made in the book was that if you start outfitting and equipping 
local police forces, peacekeeping forces, you know, to the protect and serve people, if you start outfitting them like the military and start making them feel like they are an occupying force, at some point they're going to start acting like one. If they get the equipment, uh, military equipment, tactical equipment, they're going to want to use it at some yeah. point. Does this fall into yeah. the man? Does this fall into yeah. the realm of uh, the fear hammer? Everything starts looking like a nail? Absolutely. And, yeah. yeah. But there's also, there's a flip side to this, Rich. And, you know, I, I, what do you do if you're, if, if you're the uh, law enforcement and you're dealing with a wildly armed population with more guns than people? What are you supposed to do? Are you supposed to carry a billy club around? You know, there's two sides, I guess, to, to this, and I don't know. I don't know the answer to this. I I I put a lot of thought into this, and uh, a long time ago, I don't really know that I have the resources or the <laughs> the mental like faculties tonight to drag it up. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. Best case scenario is a standoff. Yeah, right. So, I mean, it's not a simple black and white question. You know, if we were, you know, fucking Finland and we had, you know, three guns per 10,000 people, then maybe you could have a, a conversation about uh, uh, disarming the police force. But it, it, if you were to do that in Chicago, at this point, it's a, it's a shooting gallery. So the, you, you see what I'm saying? I'm not. Try, I'm not trying to argue. I, I, I fully agree with you in principle on militarizing the police force. I, I, I absolutely agree with you on that. But there is a flip side to this, and I, I don't know what where you, where you strike that balance as far see, as the militarization part goes. And, and maybe this is me just throwing my hands up and saying, if you, if if we're going to have private citizens own weapons, then there's going to be an attrition rate of fuckery that's going to happen my thing is there's no consequences afterwards or the consequences are so light it's ridiculous i mean if you if you if you work for a major city's police force and you're in a sketchy shooting and let's say you resign polite way of saying you were fired it's not like you go become a, a security guard somewhere or a loss prevention guard somewhere you go to some podunk town put five ten years in there and then you can go back to a major police force if you want or you could sit in that podunk town until you get your pension isn't that and what happened in ferguson a few years ago wasn't the guy that was involved in that uh, what was his name michael brown mm-hmm. it wasn't the guy who was involved in that shooting the cop wasn't he fired from another police force for some sketchy ass situation or something yeah, i believe so yeah yeah it's, I mean, it's a it very just, common he, occurrence yeah he just moved moved around it's like the church. Well, it's just the, it, the actual consequences so far of this uh, this swatting case are that the the man who made the call has been charged. The man who gave the fake address has not. And if you think this is going to be the unlawful killing that get, that gets uh, tagged onto a policeman, then this must be your first day in the U.S. Welcome yeah, right. to America. <laughs> Repeat that. Who got charged? The guy who made the call? The guy who made the call, yes. I absolutely agree with that. I hope he gets thrown in a fucking pound-me-in-the-ass prison for a long, a long, long time. Because that's where wonder, this whole thing started. I guess the question now is, what is he going to be charged with? And it's Well, I mean, at least manslaughter. At least manslaughter. It, I wonder if that meets, uh, you know, second-degree murder. 
I wouldn't think he could be charged with manslaughter because he did he we didn't participate in the killing. Uh, he didn't physically participate in the whatever act caused the death. That was a police force, but he caused the situation that led to that. Yeah, he caused manslaughter. It would be. I think. No, I think they could get him on manslaughter. I mean, it would be really difficult to prove that he had the intention of killing somebody by sending the police there. Well, I, I think the, the, the reckless he, endangerment. He did. He had. He was irresponsible in a way that caused the death of another person, and that does. Make yeah, exactly. Manslaughter. I think if, if you're the lawyer on the well, other side, you're saying without this guy, nobody dies. Well, it sounds like yeah. reckless endangerment to me. See, I think that, this was going to happen. I think, gonna charge him with, I think they're going to charge him with manslaughter. And since what? 80% of the fucking felony charges that are leveled against people end up in a plea. They'll probably plead down to something else. End up going to a low-level prison. He's not going to a level three or a supermax. And then he'll he'll probably he'll probably be out in less than ten with good behavior. Oh, he'll still, I think his behind will still get popped. What's going to determine that is how long this story stays in the news. Which I mean, that happened this week and it's already gone. So I think yeah, he probably will plead down if it manages to become a story, and people want to start seeing an example made. Then we could see more yeah. severe charges possibly. Yeah. Well, isn't that the isn't that the in ADD the, culture? Come on, man! There's a fucking bomb cyclone going on. Do you think that's going to stay in the news? Snow <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> Well, that's where. <clears throat> excuse me. That's one of the things that that really the whole Ferguson and then uh, Freddie Gray in Baltimore, and then mm. oh, see, I've already forgotten the guy in New York who got choked out for selling Lucy's. Oh, uh, what's his, his name? daughter just died? Yes, yeah, she died. Yeah, yeah, heart attack. I didn't know she that she died. I heard she had a heart attack and all that and was going to be fucked up, but she died. Eric yeah, Garner, she, by the way, just Eric came Eric Garner, yes. Yeah, she was declared brain yeah, dead. So my brother in asthma. Damn. Um, but that's the reason that they were kept so prominent in the forefront of the news cycles because people knew if they didn't do that it wouldn't have it, it, it would have been just like it had just been just like anything else. It would have been the hot story you talk about at work with your coworkers for a day or two. And then Trump yeah. does something, or the weather changes, or some, your team wins something, and you forget about it. Unfortunately, it also devolved into riots, et cetera, et cetera, and all the nonsense that came that came with that. And that became more of the story than what was the catalyst for all this. Oh, you know, you know, you know that they're you know they're full of shit just because. Say it again. Said the last few weeks. Say it again. Daniel Shaver. That was straight up somebody executed by the Mesa Police Department in Arizona. Nothing. Nothing. Not a well, goddamn see, thing. Goes, Chris, that goes back to what I was saying, though. That cop's walking around with your fucked painted on his rifle, get some painted on his body armor. There's video of him killing a man acquitted. And and, and, and the Punisher, and wearing a, wearing a, a Punisher t-shirt, and... You're telling me that doesn't speak to this man's mindset? The and that's fuck how is he dressed, man. That's the fourth time I've heard that fucking mention today. What is that? Help me out. What? It's the a Punisher? comic book character who's a vigilante. Well, yeah, it's a what? they're all Sorry, vigilantes. He, he's it's a, a nickname for Rich's dick. <laughs> the Punisher is that's, that's little Punisher. <laughs> Punisher's a, like an anti-hero. He's a he's all a right. vigilante that just 
like a, what are we talking like, a cartoon character or are we talking a TV character what oh, is this comic book comic book character Marvel comics oh, okay alright uh, started out in the 70s but yeah he he's just a killer alright thanks I feel less Batman. old now thank you very much for explaining that to me whereas Batman and Spider-Man tie him up and leave him for the cops the Punisher's mindset is if I kill them all I don't have to worry about busting them again and to me, that's that mindset shouldn't translate to what the police do because that puts the police in the mindset of their judge, jury, and execution. And that's not how the legal system works. Supposedly, if you're in the, if you're in law enforcement, you're supposed to have some respect for the law. Ha ha ha! We can all laugh at that because we know that not every cop feels that way. But I have to believe that there are police that do feel that way who. And we've, we've discussed this before, for whatever reason, whether it be they don't want to be seen as a rat, they don't want to turn in people, turn in quote-unquote bad cops, because they know the next time their ass is on the line in the field, they're not going to get the backup that they would have got if they just kept their mouth shut. Whatever reason, nothing's ever done about this. And, and I get, look, I understand the argument. If a police officer pulls you over, do what the fuck he says. Don't start screaming and yelling at him. Don't start fucking hopping out your car and walking towards him before he even gets out of his car. Don't start saying you're going to kick his ass. I understand all that. But at the same time, I'm not I'm <laughs> I'm white, but I ain't NASCAR white. I'm not saying every time a cop uses his weapon it's justified. Because I'm sorry, I've seen too many videos. There's literally a video on the internet, if you can find it, of cops chasing a guy in a pickup truck. He goes into a ditch. The truck rolls over four times. On the second or third time rolling over, he's thrown from the truck. The cops pull up and six cops jump on him. This guy's limp. He's a rag doll. He's completely out. And they're beating him and they're yelling, stop resisting. Let me throw you from a fucking S15 or, or, or a, uh, uh, S10 that's that's doing barrel rolls down the highway at 70 miles per hour and see if how much you're going to resist arrest. Come on now. I mean, but they go, well, the cop said he feared for his life, so they had to subdue him. They had to use physical force. No, they didn't. It's because cops feel like if you run from us, we beat your ass. That is... That is your first punishment. Your next punishment is a rough ride to the police station, and then however they treat you in the cell, and then you face legal punishment. And that's bullshit. Because if that's the case, this isn't law. This is the Wild West. And if it's the Wild West, then let's just arm everybody yeah. and get it over with. Yeah. Why even have... If, it's, if, if that's how Don't we do our own... No, no, you're there. If, if we're gonna, if that's how we're going to view our legal system, why don't we just go to using bounty hunters? <laughs> can I, can I offer just a, 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 just a touch of perspective here, just for a second? Uh, I've been down in, uh, I've been in Peru now for uh, almost a month, and I've uh, been staying with a buddy of mine. I'll try to make the story as quick as I can to get to the point. I promise. Uh, it was a hostel up at about twelve thousand feet way up in the fucking mountains. That's where I've been staying. Back in August, uh, he woke up about 3 o'clock in the morning with three guns in his face, about five masked guys uh, standing in his room. When you said the Wild West a minute ago, it, it sort of triggered a thought uh, as far as 
maybe maybe it's not quite as bad as we think. It's not great, but my friend couldn't call the police here because the weapons that were pointed in his face, everybody told him those weapons were either rented from the police here or they were the police themselves. You know, there is no, uh, you know, <laughs> we've had a lot of conversations, I think, all of us over the years about uh, law enforcement, about uh, how bad it is in the United States. Down here and through a lot of the countries down here, the corruption is off the charts. It is literally the Wild West. He couldn't go to the police to get any help. He, he didn't file a police report because he was afraid of police repercussions. Right? So, basically, down here, if you really want to talk about the Wild West, if you want to handle people like that, you've got to do it on their terms. You, can, you don't have that buffer zone in order to uh, sort of protect yourself and your property down here. And uh, he had to make a decision... Uh, again, it's a long story that I really I don't want to take the time and get, get all the way into it. Uh, but he basically decided to shut the place down because he did not want to basically have to confront criminals with weapons to protect his property. So, yeah, we don't have a perfect legal system, but compared to a lot of other places, um, for all its faults and all its pimples and zits and, you know, boils on the ass, uh, it could be a whole hell of a lot worse. Well, you know what I mean? Sounds like, and to me, it sounds like what you're talking about is the difference between a state-sponsored police force and basically police who are police in name only and almost sound like a private army to the highest bidder or whoever's yeah. running the area of, the, of, of yeah. you know, that they're in. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the thing is, he's going to come home here. Uh, uh, we're both actually coming home. I'm, I'm going to be home in about two weeks, and he's going to come home at the end of the month. And one of the conversations we had was, you know, we've complained a lot about the U.S. Me and my, my buddy have. We, we've been all over the place, like, fuck America, here and see what the real world looks like. But it's going to be really nice for him to be able to go home. He's a white guy, all right? I'm going to throw that caveat in there. But it's going to be really nice for him to be able to go home and not have to worry about his safety when he calls the police you see what i mean and i don't know i i just i this whole last month has sort of snapped that into into, into perspective for me it, it it's not great it's not perfect but you know if something happens we at least have something that most of the time works down here, they don't have that. In a lot of places, a lot of other places, they don't have that. You yeah. know, you know uh, that's that's completely valid, and I appreciate you you bringing that up. But you know, it's it's the idea that the police, or I mean, we t talk about President Trump. None of these people are above the law, and yet they, right. at least. That's the idea of the system that we have, that nobody is above the law. Yeah. Right. And you, when you see that happen, when you see cases of police acting like they are above the law, when your own president acts that way, it's your responsibility to say something. So, yeah, you try to find. At least try to correct it, right? Yeah. And, and my thing is, I'm, I, well, I'm back to, I understand we can't prevent every 
case of a bad cop or corruption in police departments, especially when you get to the larger cities. When you get to police who are in vice, police who are in drug enforcement, there's temptation everywhere. I understand that. That's not my beef. There's going to always be cocksuckers. There's, there's just no two way around it. There's always going to be horrible fucking people who will take advantage of other people. My problem is, if you are given that much responsibility, then to whom much is given, much is expected, and you are to be held to a higher standard, which means when you fuck up, you knew better than anybody else what the price was when you fucked up. So that means you need to pay a higher price, and you need to be held to that higher standard, not, oh, I was afraid for my life, no matter what the facts show. I mean, because one of my biggest beefs with what happened in Ferguson is that the narrative did not match the facts. The narrative was this kid was shot in the back, running away with his hands up. That's not right. what the facts proved. But that does not, just because that one case, the facts didn't line up with the narrative, doesn't mean that every case is, is that way. And, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of due process. I don't care what I think, what my opinion is, it's the facts. And if the facts can't be, if the facts don't prove to align with my opinion... I rather, uh, just to put it bluntly, I rather a guilty man go free than stick an innocent man in prison. But I mean, we have body cameras now. We have, we have dash cams, and I mean, we have body cams of of police turning their body cam on, planning drugs, <laughs> recording themselves doing it because they weren't aware that there was a thirty second buffer that recorded thirty seconds before they turned it on. To just in just exactly for the, the the reason that he got busted, and the man still has a job in the policing business. That motherfucker should be going. Would you like fries with that? They take care of themselves, man. Like yeah. that's why I have no faith in the system. Really, <laughs> it's right. It's it, proven it over and over again. It's it's a the, completely opposite thing of what you're talking about, Rich. That we should. If these people are going to take on that responsibility, we, that we should ha- hold them to a higher standard, and yet we don't. We make excuses for them. Oh, the the pressure that they're under. Well, and to and to you don't to know pig- what it's like to be a cop. To piggyback <clears throat> on Todd's point, if police forces in other countries, no matter where they are around the globe, can look to the U.S. and go, "Oh, but the U.S. thinks they're so much better." And look at the low standard they hold their cops to. <laughs> Who gives a fuck what we do? Yeah, let me let me uh, let me nip that in the bud. Nobody does that. <laughs> Nobody yeah, does I, that. I'm you know, glad, you know you, the I'm predominant hear- uh, narrative down here, and uh, the thing I hear about most are like it, it, they have the perception. Uh, at least most people that I've talked to, and this is throughout Central and South America, is that uh, white cops are just running around the states killing black people. They don't. They don't look to the U.S. as the standard bearer of anything at all. They they sort of point their fingers and 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 kind of laugh. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's it's. I, I I've never really. Uh, maybe I'm misunderstanding what your what your point is, but um, I've never really gotten the that well, what I'm getting, sort what of I'm impression getting at from is anybody. We, like, we we when I say we, I mean the country. Yeah for the most part, collectively like to think that we're some sort of example for other parts of the world 
And what? Yeah. And my fear is exactly what you said is happening. Would happen. They're going to go. You're not. You're an example. You're nothing but an yeah. example of how to get away with murder. Yeah. That's all you are. How to how to how to, mm-hmm. how to basically murder people and do no time for it. As long as I have this badge yeah. and I say the right things, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in the clear. So I mean. You're kind of confirming my worst fears. I was yeah, sorry. I was dumb right. enough to have hope for a second. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. No. Now, I guess you know the point. I, I the thing I keep thinking about is that you know I I don't disagree with anything any any of you guys are saying. I do, I do have maybe a different perspective. I've, I've seen some you know some things down here and some other people that I am pretty tight with and have had really good conversations with have seen some things down here. And at least we have. I think the one thing that we've got put a positive spin on this i feel like i'm Aaron all of a sudden i'm trying to find hope uh that <laughs> we have the infrastructure still in place though you know we get we're having the conversation and I, and I think that if the will was there we have the infrastructure in place to fix it and in a lot of places like like peru for example there's just no fucking hope I mean, they, the only thing that's ever going to change anything down here, starting with, and the, the very fundamental baseline is police corruption. And it stems every, it stems all the way up, all the way through the government from there. The only thing that's going to, going to correct that is some sort of a, a mass, mass uprising where people sort of demand that the government clean itself up or they're just going to burn it down and, and, you know, the individuals in power with it. But we don't have, we're not there yet. You know, I, I think the infrastructure and um, the corrective mechanism is in place if the will is there to do it. And if we, I think the first thing that has to happen is the narrative has to be corrected. You know, we have to stop this sort of, oh, all the, all the police are heroes and blah, blah, blah. You don't know what it's like to be a cop. And then we also have to clean up the other side where all cops are pigs and they're all bad and they're all racist and they all just want to kill every black person they see. Both sides are wrong. There has to be a, an honest conversation started with the will to inject that into the corrective mechanism, and it's still there. But well, you know, now you're it, talking crazy because you're talking about two extreme, you know, sides actually trying to meet in the middle. That doesn't seem to happen yeah. anymore. And this is where I'm not, Aaron, because no, I don't think there is a lot of hope for that. <laughs> but but it, it is there. I mean, it, 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 theoretically. That if if that did happen, the mechanism is there to. It's not ever going to be perfect. It's not ever going to be bleached, and you know you're not going to wash it with Clorox and have it come out spotless. But it it could be get a lot better. But it starts with having a real conversation about these things instead of just taking one side yeah. or the other and then throwing shit at the you know at the face well, of honestly, whoever disagrees with you. Police are, are more likely to be obsolete before they are corrected. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Once, once the government has the ability no. to just observe all of your behavior twenty four seven, yeah, mean, then all they'll need is SWAT teams to, to to go collect you when you break when you break the law. They won't even right. need. To. What do you mean? Once they have, well, I'm sure you know, it exists and, and, now. It's just not being utilized fully. And Todd, to to speak to what you're saying, it's amazing how both those extremes that you know all police are heroes and above reproach versus all police are racist pigs. No matter what you, you try to show them, they can flip it to fit their agenda. Case in point, the video that's going yeah. around on social media now, cop pulled a young guy over for speeding. 
the guy was like, I'm late for a job interview. I, I, I'm nervous. I'm, I, I, you know, I, I need this job. I'm a college student. I don't even know how to tie my tie. And the cop said, step out the car, tied his tie for him. Still gave him the ticket, of course, because the revenue has to be collected. <laughs> but, but tied his tie for him, sent him on his way. Now, that was presented by the All Cops Are Heroes side. Yeah, right. And the All Cops Are Pigs and racist side, because the guy that was pulled over was white, said, this is white yeah, privilege right. in action. And I'm just like, yeah. I'm sorry, you can't man. win. The, you that, can't that win. Whole, the world's worst game yeah. show. You can't win. <laughs> you can't win. No, you're absolutely right. And that's, again, when was I on the show? It was probably the end of November, right? Yes. And okay, again, right. I feel myself psychologically starting to steer myself right back to where I was. You can't. <laughs> it, it, please, Aaron, have you found the hope in the last six weeks? Because <laughs> I haven't. I haven't. I, it doesn't and appear I, to be in 2018, so. No, <laughs> no. I mean, for the love of fuck. There has to be. Please, where's the asteroid? Please name the, the, that asteroid, Todzilla. We said we can crowdfund the tractor beam to pull asteroids. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It's just you know, I, I understand the, the, the conversation. I like I like the conversations, and I, I I get where you're coming from. But I, everything always to me, it always steers back to the same fucking thing. And you've got to have you got you have to start. Somehow, there has to start being an authentic dialogue based in reality and not on your own personal narrative and agenda. And if you can't figure out how to do that, you're jerking off, man. You know? And I, 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 I nothing's changed. I've been completely, you, you know, you guys have seen how little I've been on. Uh, you guys, have, I've added to Facebook. You've, I, I'm not on social media anymore. I hoped that getting away from all of that, I, I hoped to God, it would give me some sense of faith and, you know, all this. And it just isn't happening. You know, it's like the people I meet down here, they're not plugged into the news and it's great. We have these nice conversations and everything. And I know as soon as I come back in two weeks and I plug back in to the Star Spangled Matrix, uh, I'm just going to want to fucking hang myself again. <laughs> you know, well, uh, let me let me let me kind of sh- bring up a different subject that we touched on since you've been on and I actually mm. discussed with uh, my brother. Uh, my brother's a big proponent of the, the world's going to be much better once AI is developed to the point where basically they can take care of us. And I you know, told him <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Give me a second. What Give me a would second. be, if you developed artificial intelligence, what would be its incentive to take care what of are you? Yeah, what are you do? I, what well, are you I, doing, Dave? Well, I, I, I told him, I said, uh, I said, yeah, Al was taking which, care of shit. Yeah, it depends on your definition to take yeah. care of, because I can take care of you and nurture you, or I can take you out back and put a gun to your head and take care of you. It, depending on my point of view, I'm solving the problem either way. And he said, "You mean that, take care of her?" <laughs> <laughs> but no. And his, I, you know, I, I brought up what we discussed on the show with you, and his take on it was, "Well, if we do develop a, a matrix, if we do develop a, a, a world of virtual reality, reality controlled by AI, well, why is it so bad if that's where we live in? If everything's a lot more peaceful than it is in the quote-unquote real world." 
everything's peaceful in a prison cell. You want to live there? Well, I, I think there's a valid point there, though, because I mean, reality is only what how you experience it, and I, no, we, no, we it's not. Already, That's, yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ! You didn't just say that, Aaron. Please tell me you didn't say that. <laughs> Reality that we have a word for reality is not how you perceive. We have a word for that. It's called your perception of reality. Reality and perception are two different things. Fair point. I hate. I oh, I'm sorry. It's just I, I've had this conversation with a lot of people, like uh, the uh, relativists. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I have my own personal reality. No, you, you just you don't. You have your perception of the one reality we all share. Right. You that I've. I'm sorry. That is. <laughs> it's like you just kicked me in the left nut. I'm sorry. No, I just it's had to like get that in there. It's, um, how do I put this though? I, I I agree with your distinction, but it reminds me of a conversation that I had with an ex girlfriend, and she was talking about. She was asking, "Why do we lock up insane people?" Mm. Like, the, I mean, it was very naive. Uh, look at it as just like if they're just if they're just happy in their own reality you know why why do we have to separate them from everyone else why why do they need to be punished for that they don't have their own reality they have they have a a, a cross uh, almost like a uh, uh looking through a broken television at the reality we all share they don't they, they're not able to perceive it properly they don't get their own just because they don't see it uh, with a clear eyes and, a, and with a clear reception doesn't mean yeah. that that is their own personal special snowflake reality. Something's wrong with them. If they're insane, the the circuits are crossed. It's like trying to watch a television, like trying to watch television without the signal coming through. All right. That, well, that's, let's, let's look at it through a healthy brain. Then let's say you have right. the decision. There is a matrix. It is available. You can go live in it, or you can continue to live in the real world. In the fake matrix world, you can snap your fingers, have whatever food you want, you can fuck whoever you want, you can go wherever you want. In the real world, you're constricted by the whatever it is that that constricts you your your attachments, your your location, your your amount of money that you have, whatever it is. Right. And so, if I choose. To go live in the matrix, and what's wrong with that? <laughs> if I if, well, if we're, there's we're, a, a reality that I can go and live in, that's not a reality. It's not a reality. Well, it's a contrived. It's a contrived. Uh, okay, uh, rendition talk, of what you would like reality to be. Let me stop using the word reality then. Please experience. do experience. <laughs> Let's call it no, experience. Fine. There's an ex- all right. Fine. You know, I want to like you want to have the experience of. What we what you consider the tangible world, mm. what what you, you would ever, call reality, and this re- other non-reality, this matrix is what I it, I'm just like being devil's advocate. What I want yeah. to experience. Okay, have you ever read Plato? Um, no. Okay, it's I think it's in the Republic. Go go dig this up and look up the cave allegory. I'm uh, it down. Because the. Yeah, it's it's basically what the movie The Matrix is based on. It's the the fundamental idea, and and the idea. Again, I'm I'm a little tired, and I'm a little I'm 
I told Chris before I came on, I'm mentally fried, so I may not be articulating this. I may listen to this later and like want to cringe and beat my head into the wall for putting it this way. But basically, the the the, the fundamental premise is that uh, there's this cave, okay. And you have people who are tethered inside of this cave. I think they're chained up, and beyond behind them is a fire. Okay, and there are people in the fire that are like making these little shapes and everything. These people have never been out of the cave. This is all they know. This is their entire <coughs> experience, and they give the the shadows on the wall names and all this stuff, and that is what they think the world is. Now. Plato says that if one of these people were to escape the shackles and walk up and find the, uh, the the top of the cave and actually get out into the real world reality, and he it would take a long time to adjust, and if he had a lot of courage and he could go out and explore, he could go see what reality was as compared to this contrived experience that people perceived as reality down in the cave. Because that's okay? all they knew. That exactly. Now right. this is now you can see the correlation to the Matrix, right? Yeah. The movie, yeah, yeah. right? So uh, that is 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 sort of um, I, I completely lost. I, I, I'm just going to explain this and let you get back to your point. Uh, the problem is is that when people, the people who go off up into the upper world, that's what Plato called the the land above the cave, the actual reality, the real world. And these people uh, run around, they see all these things, and they're like, "Holy fuck, man!" This is, whoa, we were fucking, that isn't real, that, 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 there's so much more. And they come back and they go back to the cave and they sit down and they start telling all these stories. The people who were tied up in the cave, and this is absolutely true, and this is the cipher thing. Uh, the people in the cave will either hate the, hum- the guy who comes back from, from the top world because he's destroying their perceived experience that they think is reality. They're going to hate him for it. They're either going to think he's insane or they're going to fucking kill him. And very, very few people will uh, want that uh, um, th- that sort of what's the word I'm looking for? God damn it. I need, uh, I need another shot. Sorry. There's a nice bottle of rum next to me. Um, they, they're they're going to hate whoever blows up that whatever it is they perceive as their reality because it just com- it completely destroys everything that they've ever known. Right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's the cipher thing and it's going back into the Matrix and waking up people and all this other stuff that was in the movie. So, and I, I, I completely forgot why I brought that up. Um, <laughs> uh, but, so you, but it's yeah, interesting to me, like, I can, I, I understand the analogy, but I kind of can see it both ways. Like, there may be people... Let's look at consider somebody okay, yeah, right, who, right, who right. has no opportunities in the real world and has right. the option to live their world in a constructed world where they can have everything that they want. Well, then mm-hmm. that's the outside of the cave for them, right? Well, it, it's all it, 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 yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you. And 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 in the movie, the and Matrix, what, and what makes again, what makes their experience anything different than than what people are experiencing the outside same, of the quote unquote Matrix? What what makes their experience different is that it's not based on truth. That's it. Well, and, if, and if that doesn't matter to you, now again, I could I could if. I guess we are on a podcast and we have four hours. So, <laughs> I guess if you, uh, but it's not for, it's if not you're like it's it's he's it's not like this person is choosing out of uh, with no information, right? 
they know what the real world is like and they know what this other world is like and they choose that. It's not because the, it's all that they've the, ever the, known. This is different than like in the Matrix, people right. believe that the world is what it is and it's never changed. No, no, no. That's that the, there is what the, you're they talking don't about understand is, that there's nothing else out there. What you're talking about is the Cypher character in the movie. Yeah. He, he knew that the Matrix was bullshit, right? Right. He got out. He went running around uh, with Morpheus and all these people. He wanted to go back. He hated the brutality and the deftness, I guess, of, that's the right word, of reality. He didn't like it. Right. He hated it. He wanted to go back, and he, wa he wanted the illusion. He wanted the illusion of the tasty steak, right? Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I mean, if you're asking well, if, if, but, if there's but right or wrong, though. I don't know. It, but in, in the scenario in The Matrix, it's pretty specific because it is an other that is controlling that world. So he, right. the, the, the Cypher character is making the, is making the decision to you know, be ruled under a tyrant because the trains run on time. Exactly. Well, than the okay. scary world right. outside I, I, of outside in reality. That's that's what. That's and and what, it's not necessarily that the, the choice that we'll, we'll, we will be forced to make someday, <laughs> whether we want to live in the real world or the virtual world. That's exactly the the, the the rabbit hole. The conversation went down with my brother. I said, "Sounds to me like you would rather trade that freedom isn't something freedom of choice, freedom of whatever isn't it as important to you as." perceived security of being taken care of of well if i'm in here then the my the consequences of my actions in the matrix aren't really or in some ai virtual reality isn't really they're not real right and there's always an undo button yeah there's always the reset button and whereas it, it to me that just comes off as someone who's afraid of the fact that in the real world there is not. There is the chance for failure. There is the chance for making one mistake that will destroy the rest of your life. And yes. if you can't face that reality, or, or 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 if we're trying to stay away from that word, if you can't face the pressure of that decision, and it makes you go into freeze mode, it would almost be better if you freeze yeah. at that at that moment of decision to live in a world where you know. You're protected. You're taken care of. And I do. Yeah. Max, if you're listening, sorry, bro. I'm calling you out. My little brother's been taken care of all of his life. And I do think that's why he has that attitude. Whereas right. I was the one who left home at 17. I was the one who, if I've ever came back home, I did it with my tail between my legs. I don't like asking my family for help. He's never lived away from his family. They're right on top of each other. They're always there for him. And it's just, it, I, I was trying to explain to him, to me, that would be much like you, Todd. It, yeah, okay. So I live in a cell by myself all day and I'm peaceful, but I'm in a cell. Right. I can't well, go where I want. No, that's not mine. Also, that's, that's I, I, not, I, I, uh, I'm sorry. What I was trying say? to, well, this, this delay is killing I'm me. Go, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Yeah, it's all right. The, let, let me let me interject one. Let me let me interject one thing. Yes. That, that wasn't my that wasn't my analogy, Rich. The that that was somebody else that said that the caves are uh, uh, secure, or cells are safe and secure. You don't want to live in one. What you're talking about is the uh, 
is the distinction between freedom and liberty and safety and security. It's life in the jungle versus life in the zoo. And any most people, I'm not going to say anybody, I'm not going to be that, uh, I guess, uh, uh, black and white about it, but most people who would choose safety and security over freedom and liberty would also choose tyranny. And that's what you're, you're sort of running toward at this point, yeah. is that if you're willing to put yourself in a safe cell, you're also willing to live under as some sort of a tyrannical overlord at some point right. just so you don't have to risk the the the, the predators of the perceived predators the imagined predators living out of the jungle that'll get you you'd rather be in the zoo and, and have I think you I, be yes. fed yeah so I think he I, rationalizes again. that by saying if it, it and i mean he said he openly says this and at first i thought it was very tongue-in-cheek but the more i talked to him about it the more i realized he's he's Framing it at tongue in cheek because he's embarrassed to come out and say it. He sure. thinks it's not it's not tyranny as long as it's not a human putting you in that telling you yeah. stay in that well, cave. As long as it's your AI overlords, it's okay. Well, no, but here's and the I know thing, you the same laugh, fucking but, thing, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, but but okay. So to go against the what I the distinction that I was trying to make between this like artificial world and, and the Matrix story. That by putting yourself in that situation, you are subjugating yourself. And even if not immediately, I mean, if you just think about how we've evolved to this point, our brains have have the power that they do because of a lot of trial and error over millennia. And it is the strife that makes us. It is the idea that the decisions that we make can't be taken back, that we have to live with them. That's what makes a person. So if you choose to live in a reality where you can control everything and there are no consequences for your actions, you'll by very nature stop evolving. And those people that choose to live in their own matrix will have to be subjugated. They will be lesser evolved beings, and they will subjugate Again, words themselves are, just through the natural <laughs> order. I, 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 I agree with just about everything you said. Words are important. I'm going to be a stickler with this. You're not living yes. in a contrived reality. You're living in a delusion. Yes. Yeah. So uh, it's, uh, I, know that, I know it sounds like I'm being like, uh, I don't know what the word is, um, I don't know, nitpicky with that word, but I think it's an important distinction to make uh, because I, I, I think a lot of people think that. I think a lot of people think that anything, and I think this guy, again, we can take this back to the political stuff, guys, uh, that where your perception and your beliefs and your dogma, uh, if you perceive that as the reality, everybody who disagrees with you is the delusional one. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Well, it's it's yeah, it's 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 a it's a really uh, it, it's a, a it's something that's very important to me to keep that distinction that we have a reality, one reality that we all share. We only okay, fine. We can't see the whole thing. We each have our own perception of just a small part of that reality, but the reality is singular. Okay, and uh, your beliefs and everything else, you don't get to adopt that and rename that. Oh, that's just my reality. You don't get to do that. And I think a lot of people have done that. I think I think if if we were talking before about the extremism, to take uh, take it back to what Rich was talking about with the uh, uh, the 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 two narratives with law enforcement, both people who who are that extreme and that dogmatic about their beliefs think that that their beliefs are reality. 
rather than just a perception, opinion, or whatever you want to call it. So that's why I'm being such a prick about this. I think it's a very, very important thing that people, I think a lot of people, more people, more people than I think we realize have lost sight of that or just choose to ignore it and are confusing that deception or that uh, sort of delusion as a reality. I think I think the, the word delusion is very appropriate. And to me, there's... It, to define something as a delusion also comes with the sort of responsibility, mm-hmm. right? We don't. We live in a civilized nation where even if you are delusional and insane, well, usually we just let you be homeless on the street. But we do have this <laughs> yeah. idea that you know we we take care of people that this is a, a sickness, and we're not great about how we handle sicknesses in general. But sometimes we'll let you be president, like. Yeah, I mean, if you're delusional to the point where you want to go live in this fantasy world, like, society feels like it has a responsibility to correct that. Like, no, you're harming yourself, actually, by doing that. And, you know, I don't don't know what the solution is to that, because we haven't figured out any solutions for mental illness or drug addiction in this country, but but we at least least walk around like we have answers for them. I'm right through this wall here. I know you can't see anything, but I have a Danish couple, uh, really great people I've been hanging around with for the last week or so. And I'd love to wake one of them up right now and have them talk to you about Danish mental health care. Yeah. We were talking about it uh, earlier today and yesterday. It's fantastic. They know how to take care of people who are mentally ill. Uh, the idea that, I don't know, we just choose not to. You know, we have the the means are there, the schematics there. Uh, other countries are doing a much better job at this than we are. We could do that. We just choose not to. Yeah, uh, we, yeah you're right. We just let them go to homeless shelters or live in cardboard boxes and, you know, shit in alleys, I guess. Well, maybe that can be a, a platform issue for Trump on tw- in 2020. can run on uh, a matrix for all the homeless people to put them into. <laughs> he might. Don't give him any ideas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's already got enough of his own. I don't think he's gonna yeah. run again anyway. Anyway, you know, I, 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 I really, am, I'm, I'm happy about this conversation. The, the, the last, I don't know, ten or fifteen minutes. This conversation, I think, it's a really important one we're having here. Uh, I really do, and it, 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 it reminds me a lot of uh, the old days when you know I was on Facebook and Chris and I would have a lot of fun. You know, having a lot of fun with religion and it's kind of the you know it ties into the same thing i think i mean when you you start creating your comforting delusions and you start turning them in your head anyway into the reality uh pick a religion right uh then everybody else who doesn't agree with that perception or that your own personal contrived reality in quotes Mm-hmm. is wrong. They're, they're no longer opinions. It becomes a matter of right and wrong, right? Yeah, and anybody I mean, who doesn't believe, anybody who doesn't subscribe to the Westboro Baptist Church, they're the delusional ones. <laughs> you see what I mean? Yeah, I think yes. it, boy, you can, I, I think you can apply this in so many different directions. Yeah, we've this talked point, a lot about this in, in abstract terms of technology that doesn't <clears throat> even exist yet, but all of this applies to the current mindset of most of this nation, it seems like. I think so. Of, of people yeah. choosing to live in their own realities. 
So let's and, let's bring and, social media into that. Let's bring social media into that now. If you're living social- most of your life on Facebook, and that's your reality, quote unquote, you know what's that doing to you? How do you, how how difficult is it then to dehumanize? Again, it goes back to what we were talking about five or six weeks ago. Now, yeah, you're, you know, the, the, the technique. When it comes to to people kind of crafting their own reality, I mean, there's a lot on on social media that is people will post a video or a story about just pick your group of people that you don't like and go see. This is why we can't have them in this country, or we need to do something about this or that. This is a perfect example. Tribalism. Yeah. Okay. That is uh, one example that you pulled and and used to, to prop up your whole argument instead of doing like what a right. journal, actual journalist would do, which is collect a lot of information, get a lot of stories to go together and get a narrative going, really craft right. a story around it. And so there's a lot of just like, oh, this video, this news story, this is why this, this is what's wrong with the country, whatever it is. But I guess to me, it's more about the way I mean, it certainly is a problem in the way that social media is crafted by the individual. This personality that you're making. I mean, any whether you think you're putting on airs or not, anytime you make a choice to put one picture on the internet and not another, to share one story or not another, you're crafting an avatar of yourself. You're absolutely putting together this personality forever for uh, people to consume, but. Yep. The problem is, is the way that most of us consume social media as is if it's all reality. Exactly. <laughs> that, yeah. that because I shared a story that I liked about you know something, that means that that is one of, that is my issue. Like this guy is passionate about it. No, I mean sometimes I just share stories because they're just they're just posing interesting questions, whether I agree with the premise or not. Right, but. But I mean, you're throwing it out there in, a, in a, an environment where there's no room for nuance either. So, right, right, and you're also surrounding yourself. Most people are. I did uh, with people who agree with you, who are reinforcing that delusion that you're sort of presenting or interpreting as a reality. You know, and it's it it, it uh, yeah. It, I feel like I could find. 30 different ways to take this conversation, but applying that same basic premise to it. I just want to interject real quick. I think one of the things yeah. that people, <clears throat> the people need to, to, some people need to learn to maybe at least try a little bit of is save the debates and arguments for when you're sitting across from the person, you can look them in the eye. Fuck yes. And remember, online is nothing. Honestly, social media should be looked at as really nothing more than a big playground. Have fun. Get some laughs out of it. And I've said this. I've said this to friends and I've said this to family. When they start getting too serious, I go, look, I'll have this discussion with you pick up the phone or come see me and we'll have this discussion. I'm not doing it in this format because it's just going to start shit. 
and it's too easy to forget you're talking to a human being on the other end and to go, oh, this is an asshole who disagrees with me, so you're a libtard or you're a Republican or whatever the fuck. And it's just if, if, if we practice that just a little bit, maybe we could, I mean, I'm, I don't see social media itself as completely irredeemable, but I don't see it as this great knowledge base either. I mean, right. the, the internet, every, almost the internet has the world of knowledge at your fingertips. Social media is the jungle gym of that world. Keep it that way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when you're, you're talking about forgetting, um, you're, you're dealing with a human being at the other end. And then what uh, Aaron was sort of reiterating was what I was talking about five or six weeks ago with the avatar. When you're crafting that avatar uh, on social media, those are both acts of disconnection from reality. You said, and... Uh, yeah, it's uh, so. But here's my question then, and wh- what separates that behavior from any of my other behavior? You know, the way that I mm-hmm. choose to dress, or where I live, or anything about you know, we all we all make choices in in how we present ourselves. What? Is it just because it's you know not a person to person connection that makes it less real? No, I think I think the ability to do that electronically and disconnected from a human being, looking them in the eye, and having someone, yeah, you can choose to wear what you want to wear. If you take it out in public, there's a good chance for some of us anyway, not you in, in particular, but there's a good chance you're going to get a negative reaction to that. And every, most things that are done, I think, on um, on online, especially especially talking about though. No, but especially if you've surrounded yourself with agreeable people. Uh-huh. You see what I mean? There's there's a much yeah. less <laughs> chance that you're going to have to deal with a negative sort of uh, reaction from people. I think. And it's much easier to do that online because you're disconnected. If you get a negative reaction from somebody online, it's it's really easy to sort of disconnect from that. You know, you get it in person when you have that that sort of organic, uh, like I, I used to, I was talking about the, the human synapses, when you actually have a physical uh, uh, interaction with someone that's negative, it's a hell of a lot harder to, dis- to dismiss that than it is to dismiss it when you're just, you know, an electronic uh, sort of projection of yourself. I think yeah. because it's not really you, right? It's a representation of you, an electronic representation of you. When someone mocks you or challenges you or uh, laughs in your face when you put forth your stupid fucking political commentary, they're laughing at you when they do it and they're looking you in the eye. It's you organically that's being, uh, I, I don't know, diminished. But electronically, it's not really you. Mm-hmm. That's what that, well, that I, I to answer I, your question. I think that's the distinction. I wonder. I wonder if it's possible for our perception on that to change because as we get into generations that grow up with the internet, that know nothing other than that, mm-hmm. and that maybe have more online relationships with people that they've met, ever met, the, the, the people that they've never met than than actual 
people that they have physical or, or daily contact with that they have to look <clears> in the eye. I wonder if it's possible that we stop this dehumanization just because we That's don't the see the I physical love. person. You know? Well That's the air and I love he's looking for hope. I love it. I, you know, <laughs> no, it's, I, I, it's a great I, question though. It really is. I I don't know. I I you know, I, I, I I guess because there's a lot of this, you know, having kids who, you know, have all these, they have iPads and laptops and everything, and they, you know, they're growing up in a whole different world than one that I grew up in, and that's that's affecting their brains, and I know that there's plenty of stories about how this is affecting their brains negatively. And I'm like, you can only show me that it's affecting people's brains negatively if you show me the society that they live in. And we don't, we haven't seen that society yet. Are we seeing indications of it, of what it might be? You know, there the people who grew, have grown up with the internet are 20, 22 well, years old. We're seeing now, right? indications of people who have older than that had to make have to make the transfer. Right. Yeah, I'm just wondering, Chris, what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about, Chris, is it's. It, I, I, it, I see the internet as hitting critical mass around '97, where it became a real huge thing, and that that that's why I that that number. Yeah, it is a little older. It's been around. There may be 25, 28 year olds who have been around with the internet as well. But I think that yeah. that generation, starting at about 20 years old and younger, um, I think that's going to be the case study. I don't know. I, uh, I, <laughs> are those millennials? Is that who we're talking about? And Generation Z. Yeah. Well, what do you think of millennials and Generation Z? And oh, my, my girlfriend thinks there's a whole new branch of therapy that's going to be sprouting up pretty soon. Well, that may be that may be the answer then. You know, if if this is the the reaction and and how the internet is affecting them. The, you know, I think the predominant uh, trope is that this generation is incredibly narcissistic. Well, because yeah. well, oh, I, I, I sound like I'm defending them. It's not their fault. They were built that way. I'm not saying it's their fault. Yeah. I think if you look at when I think of of, of disconnected communication, I think often of just driving. Right? That's the daily occurrence that I have with it. People who, I, you know, I just think about people who weave in and out of traffic, cut in front of you. Like, we were all waiting in line at Starbucks to get a coffee. You, people would be flipping their lids if you were acting this way. But it's perfectly right. acceptable behavior because we don't have that contact of actually seeing the other person in the car. We just assume right. that they're an asshole and move on. No, but it's still, but, but you know what? I think it's also unfair to blame. The younger age group, but but, but well, hold on, because I, that's only one side of the analogy. So, I t- sorry, um, <laughs> I'm with you. So, 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 so that's the that's the reaction of people who are used to having their relationships be this. We'll call it real world interactions. Organic. And I like if that you word. have a whole generation of people who have more non-real world interactions than they do real world interactions but is it the generation or is it the culture because I mean what's the difference 
Well, I'll tell you why. Because sitting here, uh, you know, what's part of our bread and butter on here shitting on the generation below us, right? Well, today I was sitting in a room with like, I don't know, about 15, 20 people. And a lot of, you know, mostly gray hair in the room, all right? Uh, everyone at least over 35. And 15 of us all sitting in a room waiting for this meeting to start. Nobody saying a word to anybody. Guess, guess what everybody was doing? Looking at the screen in their hand in yeah. front of them. So is it, is it a culture thing or is it an age group thing? Because I mean, I well, we're, I mean, we're, cause, cause we're all definitely, the, the age group in the room is, you know, we can remember a time before computers when 20 years ago, we're all sitting in that room talking to each other before this meeting starts. You know? Right, you remember, back at the radio station, you remember the, uh, the old promotion meetings we had? Yes. You know, we would, we would just be brainstorming half the time before the movie or the meeting even got started. So what are they doing now? Are they just sitting there checking their Twitter feed? No, we're just sitting there checking know. our emails, checking our whatever, looking at our phones, doing everything we can to not have to actually engage yeah. in conversation with somebody. I think I think the question isn't necessarily when we're talking about <clears throat> the generate like like millennials, Gen Z. Part part of the question is what you guys are talking about. I think a bigger part of it is you have two things that happened at the same time, right as especially millennials were coming of of age, which was the internet becoming an everyday thing in our lives and Columbine. And well, people go, what the fuck those two got to do with uh, each other? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm one of them. I'm compelled. Okay. When Columbine happened, there was this big shift. First of all, it shocked the fuck out of quote unquote, middle-class white America and up. Oh my God, this is crazy. You know, School shootings don't, don't happen in nice Colorado neighborhoods. This just doesn't happen. Why did this happen? And we did what we always do as humans. We looked for the easiest boogeyman to blame, and we said, it's due to bullying. So we came up with basically zero tolerance, which is where we started hearing stories of kids getting suspended and expelled for bringing nail clippers to school to where kids can't play dodgeball anymore. Kids can't play tag. Kids can't play cops and robbers. If you hold a stick and go pew pew, you get expelled or, or suspended because it's seen as a threatening gesture. We nerfed the world for them and at the same time gave them a way to escape from quote unquote the real world with the internet where words are your only form of combat. And now you have a whole generation who goes, don't bully each other. And they've grown up in a nerfed world. And they grow up and they see words as violence. When you tell, I've literally worked with an 18-year-old. I've literally worked with an 18-year-old where I said, I said, you messed up. And because you messed up, I'm going to have to go back and correct this. Because now it's fallen to me. That's, that's how the job worked. And I said it just in that tone of voice, and she got real quiet, and she goes, stop yelling at me. And I said, oh my fucking God. I said, when I'm yelling at you, you'll know. Oh. And she went to the supervisor and said I verbally attacked her. I didn't call her out her name. I didn't raise my voice. I didn't make any veiled threats or blatant threats. I just told her, you yeah. messed up. And it, I, I found this to be 
not just an isolated incident. When someone tells me something along the lines of, case in point, I've worked with a gentleman who was in his mid-20s, somewhere around there, give or take, and he had a long conversation with me at work one day about how the world is flat, and that's a fact. <laughs> and I said, it's not a fact, it's your opinion. And I'm sorry, but your opinion is wrong. We have facts that prove your opinion wrong. He right. told me. And then me, he picked up an orange and poured water over it and said, case closed. Well, <laughs> you see, you made water stick to that orange? But he basically, he basically told me that I was attacking him. And I said, how sheltered of a life have you lived where someone told you your opinion is wrong and it's just um, as bad as if I took you out back and beat the dog shit out of you? I don't mean, ever let there's there's a great quote that's uh, I wish I could remember it, but don't it's something like uh, don't ever let me get to the point where I feel like I'm being persecuted when I'm being disagreed with. Exactly. Something down that line. I wish I could remember who said it. It's not the the right quote, but yeah, and that's yeah we've we've come yeah it, it's kind of come to that, hasn't it? We've missed that fucking memo. I mean, and I'm not saying. There's, I'm not saying one fed, fed into the other. I'm just, or, or, or one caused the other. As far as Columbine and the yeah. internet, I'm just talking about it. It, when, like I said, the overcorrection for what happened at Columbine into zero tolerance, coupled with well, I can go online and and see. The, and, and here's here's the thing. It, there's people I know I've been friends with who go online. And create completely different personas with the sole intention of pissing people off. And when they get offline, they are nothing like that person. Which goes back mm -hmm. to what we were talking about. You're able to create your, your an avatar and live out whatever t you know fantasies vicariously through them that you choose to. But when you have no a consequences. whole exactly, and when you have a whole generation whose the world has been nerfed for. Yeah, what did I see, see the other day that now warning of consequences is fear-mongering? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm sitting there and I'm, you know, my, my brother's like, we're having this discussion about words being violence. And he goes, well, what if you say something and someone goes and kills themselves because of what you said? And they're a weak and I, human being. And I said, I said, basically, I said, well, then that person probably needed to get some fucking therapy before that point. And he's like, but what you said caused them to kill themselves. I said, no, whatever the no. of suicide they chose <laughs> is what caused them to kill themselves. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I didn't go. I mean, it, it, we've all been online enough to see that go kill yourself is thrown around as willy nilly as someone going, hey, how you doing? Today? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Go fuck it, yourself. Yeah. But all of a sudden, you say it online, and it's ha 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 ha. It's funny, and if you tell, you, you get into a heated argument with someone, you're like, you're fucking retarded. Do me a favor and pour bleach on your part of the gene pool because you're useless. Just take yourself out of it, and they go kill themselves. Well, in his mind, you're complicit in their murder. In fact, you caused it. It's almost it's 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 akin to manslaughter. I didn't mean for him to die. But I still caused it, and I'm just like, you see the world this way? Do you? Yeah. Do you ever get just get the urge, I guess, to take your left hand and put it on the back of his head, grab it by the hair, and just drive your forehead through his nose? No, because <laughs> that's how I feel when I deal with people like that. 
he's my brother, and I love him. He's the only sibling oh, I'm really close to. I missed that only reason. Sorry, I missed that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> and and we're old enough to where here's here's the other thing. We're there's a 15 year age difference between us. And I told him, I said, see, yeah. you didn't grow up. I have an older sister, and her and I aren't close at all. And we're about, I think, four or five years difference. That bitch terrorized me as a kid. That bitch <laughs> did everything she could, blamed it on me, and I was constantly paying for her pro- for her fuck-ups and her doing shit. And I couldn't talk my way out of it because I was a little kid, and she was a, you know, a teenager, just entering teenage years. So she was that you know slick enough to get away with it. With him... He's never known an older sibling or even a parent because both his parents were so much older by the time they had him that they had worked through a lot of the shit that happens when you have kids when you're young. And I mean, it's just it's just natural. You get better at dealing with certain things. I mean, my dad was very much like if you've ever seen the show Good Times when one of them mouths off and he starts taking his belt off and he goes, you want to talk about it? And they're like, no. And then he starts doing his belt back up. That's my dad for me. He never laid a hand on my little brother. And I'm like, you lucky cocksucking motherfucker. You have no idea. He would light my ass up like a Christmas tree for doing shit. So he's always been that protected. And, and, and once again, it's, I don't know a better way to put it. He lives in a nerfed world where everything has rounded edges and padded edges. And when it's a great, I mean, it's a great word. And, and when he's and when he's and he's had some shit happen. He's been into a lot of car accidents, and I'm like, he gets so gun shy that he almost has like PTSD from it. And I'm like, yeah, but dude, you didn't die. You didn't even end up like in traction. Like you didn't even break any bones. You were jostled around a bit and 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 scared. I mean, Jesus Christ, one of the first jobs I worked, I got robbed my first night working. Two guys with guns took me in the back, put a gun in the back of my head, told me to look at the wall and to say goodbye because I couldn't give them the tape that was locked up and I had no way to get to it. And they said, that we're going to blow your fucking head off. We're going to put your brains on this wall. And I'm sitting there looking at the wall going, this is it. That's all she wrote. There's nothing I can do. And I'm like, dude, I managed to get out and get and, and continue to live life through something like that. That's unimaginable to him it is like talking about meeting an alien he can't comprehend it and i just i see it not just in him but in that in in that generation and i it's a it's a cliche but it's true hard times make hard people or strong people soft Mm -hmm. times make make weak people and we have rightfully so wanted our children to have a better easier life than we had but I think somewhere we made a mistake. We took all, we, we lied to him and said that life should have no risk. I mean, just life should life should be perfectly fair. And it's exactly. As well. And that is where I think a lot of this, Chris, you say, you know, you were at this meeting. A lot of people were finger fucking their phone, nose in their phone. We all were. The room was silent. I would go nuts because I'd be the one asshole. They'd be like, what's wrong with this guy? Why is he talking? Why is he trying to start a conversation? Because I can't sit in a room like that. A waiting room for a doctor's appointment, yes. I'll suffer through 10, 15 minutes of banal bullshit, daytime TV, and people finger-fucking their phone. But if I'm with people I work with, we should have enough in common to have a conversation. I mean, so it's... 
I mean, I, granted, chatter did kick up, you know, close to the end, but still, I was just for like, I'm telling you, a good ten minutes, just silence in this room. I'm like, man, everyone's here. What the fuck? And look at everyone yeah. just looking down, and I'm try- I was one of them because like well, this is yeah. just awkward. You know, I was talking about that uh, that friend of mine that had that hostel up there, right? That's the second time I've been down here and uh, came down uh, two years ago. And like I said, he's clear the fuck up there. He's got, uh, or had, I should say. Uh, he just closed this up day before yesterday. But he had solar panels where people could plug phones in and computers in and stuff like that. But he didn't have Wi-Fi. There was no internet up oh, until... That's useless to me. Uh, what's that? You might as well just not even have places to plug shit in. Yeah, well, and you know, you know what it turned into? It was fantastic for music. Like, everybody had music on their phone, so you could hear music from people from five different fucking countries. That was the only thing people typically used it for. You could get internet, really slow, uh, tethered, iPhone-tethered cellular internet that was, like, not even 3G speed, but you had to climb this fucking hill, and you're at 13,000 feet. Climbing a hill is fucking hard, dude. You had to want internet (laughs) to get your ass up there. See how hard you want to jerk off. Yeah, well, you, it wasn't fast enough, and he had, he was on a data plan, so you weren't getting any fucking porn. <laughs> there was no fucking way. Uh, but um, it was great because uh, all these people would come together, and without that fucking temptation to get on your phone and start posting shit to Instagram or whatever the fuck else, people would sit there and talk, man. You had to, or else you went fucking nuts. There's nothing else to fucking do up there, unless you go off hiking or something, right? So we would have these fucking fantastic conversations with people, like I said, people from all over the world. It was a hostel, and it was for people who wanted to get the fuck up in the mountains. So you would have five or six different countries represented sometimes. And you had to sit and talk. And it was one of the fucking greatest things in the world. Because it, it taught you to reconnect with people. You know, it reminded you, it felt like 1950, you know, comparatively speaking. And it was one of the first things I noticed the first time I came up here how awesome that was. Because we were having, like, these kinds of conversations that we're having tonight, we're having at that fucking table almost every night. And uh, it was wonderful. And I think that may have been one of the very, one of the first things that I talked about the digital detox crap uh, the last time I was on. It may have been the thing that sort of planted the seed for that, or at least one of the seeds, because it felt so good to be able to do that and you can't do it with anybody else now you know it's like chris said you know you go and you get a group of people together <laughs> in the same room uh most of the time they're finger fucking their phone yeah and i and i, I, I blackout i, I <laughs> that's what well, you know, I that? blackout we need a it's good fucking blackout great, dude. nationwide it was i'm telling you man give it, do it for a month and i would love to see see that happen for like a month and watch it. people you would either go nuts and on each other or they'd have the same experience i did one of the two maybe well, half and half <laughs> well if you even if you yeah, look at population the population boom that's for sure even if Damn, even if you look at, even if you look at a lot of choices of uh entertainment for a lot of younger kids uh and when i say kids at this point hey, by the way um chris and i come up with something aaron and and, and todd uh, we've just accepted we've crossed the, last year we crossed the threshold into I don't get this fucking younger generation we're, we are officially old now 
like his everything yep. music anything i'm like I, I don't fucking get it get it just okay whatever you like it good keep it away from me you cut you cut out well what what i heard you cross the cross the threshold and then something you cut out on me say it again because i'm really interested <laughs> <laughs> cross the threshold into accepting that we're just you know solidly middle-aged get off my lawn old right. men now you know, it's right. like we don't understand music anymore. We don't understand a lot of, you know, shit in the world. So we just go, okay, whatever. If you guys like it, do it. Just, I don't, you know, don't want to be bothered with it. But I notice a lot of right. younger people, and these are people in their 20s, podcasts are huge. And they're not music. It's not like it's the radio. They're going to put on a podcast where they're going to play music. They just turn on the radio or Spotify or stream or whatever. And even right down to but video games. It's a component of an echo chamber. No, you're right. But down to video games. Like when we were kids, we'd play them. They actually have. These motherfuckers. Ent- there is a channel. Ch- yes, Twitch. Where you and, watch and- somebody do what I used to hate doing in my friend's house. Watch someone play video games. Dude, yeah. I used to go over there and, and like my friend and his brothers, you know, or some of our friends would be sitting there playing like, hey, I got this new Final Fantasy VII dog, and then just sit there and play for three hours. Like, dude, this is great watching you play video games, but can we go do something? Now there is a channel for it. <laughs> and and they're, they're huge. These guys, the, the YouTubers. There's, YouTube, there's, there's one, you know, there was recently a YouTuber who went over to Japan to some... Area in Japan where kids kill themselves, and he saw someone who'd hung himself, and he put it up, and and people, you know, our age for the most part were like, "Why the fuck would you put that on YouTube?" For and by the way, his audience is mostly like twelve to like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. Why would you put that on there for for kids to see a dead body hanging there? It's like stand you, by me. And you cracking jokes, and he made an apology and. A lot of people were like, no, bullshit. It's not a real apology. And all these younger kids come out to defend them. And I was, that's really when I was like, I just, I don't get it. Because this is not a guy, Chris, if he was like 14 himself, that might make sense. Because kids do dumb shit without thinking. This guy's like in his late 20s. People doing what they got to do for hits. And he's a fucking millionaire, dude. That's. The fact that the the, the the phrase YouTube millionaire exists blows my mind. I, I mean, and, and, but think about how these kids react to this. I mean, this is the oh no, but this is the guy that's telling them a, the truth. My girlfriend's got a sixteen-year-old little sister. She's seventeen now, but when I met her, she was like fifteen, and she's talking about her mom taking her to the mall to see this YouTube star and going there and hearing about the shit's like packed, like, like fucking like shit like you you know when you see the file footage from the Beatles like that kind of shit packed at a mall for a fucking person who uploads videos in essence that's what they do I I just wonder if people if people like back in the 40s had the same reaction to TV stars (laughs) you know what I mean it's just a new media it's a new medium right let's not be too dismissive though I mean they whether you agree that their content is worth watching or not, they are producing content. Right. Like the same way that we're producing content. Oh, if I came mm-hmm. off as exactly. I was if I came off as I was shitting on the fact that he has a YouTube channel and he 
that's not that that wasn't my point. The point was you are someone who's solidly into your twenties and you know your audience demographic and you're putting it out there. And Aaron, you did say something that made made me go, you know, I didn't think of that. Maybe to these to the kids that are in his demographic, they're like, This is an adult who's not lying to us. Right. Or, I mean, I don't even know if they see him as an adult, necessarily. Well, that's true. I think it's just, this is like when you're, you know, uh, you're 10 years old and hanging out with some 15-year-olds who's going to tell you all what sex is like. And you're just hanging on every word. And your parents don't want you to hear that shit. But you're like, fuck you. This guy's telling me the truth. You guys don't tell me this shit. Yeah, for me, the big one was drugs. Because, you know, my my parents, both of them... don't trust anyone over 30. 30. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, uh, both my parents, you know, they were in, raised in teenagers in, in the early 20s in the 60s and in the 70s. I know they did their fair share of drugs. I know they smoked weed. And they fell for the Reagan era bullshit of, well, you know, these drug dealers, you know, they'll give you the first one. Just to get you hooked. On I never the, met on the any of these drug dealers, by the way. I, have, I always had to right. pay for all of my drugs. My my dad tried to tell <laughs> me a story that that if I got around the wrong drug dealers, they would hold me down and inject me with heroin. Do this now. I, I want to shrink around. my profit margin. Take this for free. Now that I'm forty and I've been in the bands first with one's heroin, always the hardest one to get. And I know, I've been right? in bands with heroin addicts. I know for a fact they ain't sharing shit unless they fucking. You're, no. You better have something on it. You know what I'm saying? You better put something on this. You know, I, I, did, I had to work hard for this fucking blast. I'm not just going to fucking give you it to you. I mean, so... I went to Hollywood, California in 2004. Had money to buy drugs. Could, you know, took four days to find weed. Where are these guys yeah. just giving out the first one for free? <laughs> And so maybe it's the same thing. Maybe because we saw we we knew through experience that it's like okay, this is bullshit, and it's only natural that the younger generation is going to be doubtful and distrustful of the older generation. I mean that's absolutely normal, and I have no I have no beef with with anyone who who's younger who goes oh, I don't trust you. Uh, you're you know why would you tell me the truth? And the only thing I can look at him and go is, I'm not your brother, I'm not your mother, and I'm not your father. I don't give a fuck if you live forever or die right now. Why would I lie to you? You can have a nice, long, healthy life. You could drop dead. As long as you don't ruin my day, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't care enough. Don't jump I. in front of my car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, and I think that's probably the only reason I'm making a pretty you know, big assumption here. But even though the nature of my work, I work with a lot of younger people that they just... They don't see me. They see me as like, like, oh, there's Rich. But they don't. They're not like, you know, oh, he's gonna shit on crazy kids with your Atari twenty six hundred and Dan Fogelberg albums. I can't hang with you. You know, like I'm not that old guy yet. At least give me about five years. Pizza Hut and your electronic (laughs) football games. Yeah, back in my day, if we wanted fun, we had to go to a barn dance and finger fuck, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, 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 I think there's something, I mean, I don't know, I, I think there's something to it. And I, I Todd, I really did, I, I've, I've really given a lot of thought of your 
since your last appearance about what we talked about and I'm just like I can't I can't give myself over to the the the, the whole social media is completely irredeemable and I know that when we talked about it before you kind of like you know we're like uh I I I don't know if like when I brought that up or was it Aaron that brought it up that you know social media is amoral it doesn't care one way or the other it's how people use it and yeah. you were kind of you kind of bristling well, that, that that was yeah Aaron brought that up and that, that I countered yeah. with the uh, the Marshall McLuhan line I think that uh, uh, media have has an ethic and has uh, a, a the effect of changing the culture it's not it, it doesn't have you know a personality, but it doesn't. Uh, it's not completely neutral either. That's my belief, anyway. I, I, I personally agree with that. I've adopted a no scrolling down policy, and it seems to be working out. Let me let me counter that though. I you know when I was on last time, I was uh, I was up in uh, up in Mass, hadn't left yet, and hadn't really uh, fully. Um, embraced uh greatly disconnecting I, you guys have, have seen my my little group that i've got you've seen that i've posted things but i've posted something maybe four times three or four times since i left right yeah something like that and uh since i've done that and since i've sort of de-immersed myself in the uh i don't know the idea of the philosophy or whatever i was ranting about at that point i've kind of come to the conclusion that i i don't totally disagree with you rich i i I don't think that it has that it's a completely evil demon that's come to consume the world uh, if it's used properly. I think that's the and, and maybe I'm reinforcing what you're trying to say that it's how people use it. Uh, it's a wonderful tool. I had to when I started uh, when I got to Columbia and I started meeting people that I fucking wanted to stay in touch with. The only way that I could do that efficiently was to reinstall that fucking Facebook app and add them on Facebook, even just to keep them, you know, in the messenger loop. Uh, and it worked, you know, I was able to stay in contact with some people that we met in Salento up in Columbia. After we came down the fucking Amazon and did all of our stuff, they got in touch with me and wanted to know where Chris's hostel was and wound up coming down and staying and hanging out with us up in the mountain. And the only reason that happened and the only reason that we were able to do that uh, efficiently, we could have probably done it with email, but who would have, right? It was it was just a hell of a lot easier to do it that way. So if you use it, I guess, as a, as a communication tool and a way to stay in touch with people without, as Chris said, scrolling down and, and having to suffer the political and social opinions of every Neanderthal that's in everybody's fucking list – it is a useful tool. I can't, I'm not going to deny that. And I do like saying, you know, I, li- I like having the 20 people in that group, you guys included, where we can sit and have decent conversations. But there has to be some sort of boundaries where you have to have, if not etiquette, you have to have, you have to set ground rules where, you know, behavior has to be moderated and, uh, I think that the uh, participation, uh, whoever's participating, also has to. You have to have a, uh, the guy, the, the doorman, <laughs> to, to sort of keep the, the horse shit away from you. Um, I wonder if we'll see and, uh, kind of segregation of social media, where it's not just about 
having one platform where everybody that you want to communicate with is on, and it becomes more about what type of conversation do you want to have? Do you want That'd to have a debate? Do you just want to share your food pictures? Do you want, no. you know, we, I, I, don't, I don't know if we've seen any evidence of that yet. No. But well, it's early. Yeah. No. I don't disagree. I mean, I, 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 I do, you know, I'm not monolithic enough to say that everything that I said five or six weeks ago was right. Uh, I do give myself a little bit of leeway to uh, I'll change my mind. You know, if I change my mind, I change my mind. I'm not striving to, you know, uh, Emerson said the, that consistency is the hobgoblin of a small mind. You know, if I'm wrong, I'll change my mind and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll admit it uh, and I'll move on. Uh, but yeah, I, I think at this point, it, it, it's, it's, it's almost like handling uranium. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's like you can't, yeah. you have to be really, I, it, at least for me, in order for me to keep it as a positive, useful tool. It has to be handled with an abundance of care because I don't, I don't want the negative aspects that I've been swimming in for the last uh, eight or nine years. I don't want that anywhere near me, uh, I, I guess, at this point anymore. So, yeah, if they figure out how to do that, like you said, if social media evolves and uh, moves to a point where it's easier to do that. Maybe it will turn into something that's relatively positive. Maybe it isn't irredeemable. But at this point, I, I just, um, it has to be really heavily moderated. <laughs> yes, is what I'm saying. And so, yeah, to me, it almost, at that point, it turns into <clears throat> what, what the pre, the, the, the precursor to social media, which was, Internet forums, where yeah. if it, it, it almost just becomes that, and as as fucked up as this as this might sound, I almost feel like that's better. I join groups on Facebook Absolutely. that are they're closed or secret or whatever, where you have to be added or, or you have to know somebody, and I find a lot less bullshit. Every once in a while, you get a shit stirrer who gets through the, you know, gets through the front gates. And goes nuts, porn bombs the place, reports everybody, whatever he could do to, you know, just whatever he could do to cause general mayhem. And you got to blow it up and then almost start over again. But it's a small price to pay to have a little corner of Facebook to go to yeah. and have conversations where you know it's everybody, for the most part, there are doormen, like you said, Todd, but for the most part, we self-police. We're almost like an ideal hockey team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We that take care of no, our own I shit. operate mine. Uh, that group that I have that you guys are in, uh, it's not been very active now, but we had a guy who used to be, he was a liberal dude, and he, he used to be one of the most sensible motherfuckers that I knew. You know, he would run the middle. He would try to be congenial. He would try to have different, decent conversations. I added him and his wife. And this motherfucker has self along the way over the last year, has self-radicalized to the point where I had to fucking bounce him and his wife. Because you don't fucking just bounce a guy and leave his wife in the group, right? And uh, But uh, there's no fucking way that ever works. And then she fucking goes to my page and, like, gives me this ranty, oh, fuck you if you're going to block me, blah, blah, blah. I didn't want to be there anyway. It's like, well, yeah, obviously it didn't matter because now you're here ranting about being bounced. 
great. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. <laughs> but anyway, I you know when you talk about the self moderation though, I don't operate that group uh, that way at all. I am the boss. I operate on the Fuhrer principle. I am Hitler in that group. And if I don't want you there and you violate any of my very commonsensical little rules, which are, you've, you've seen them, Rich. They're not that fucking extravagant, but they're pretty, uh, uh, they're pretty cut and dried. You violate them, I will fucking throw you the fuck out because I do not want that bullshit in that group. And it worked. You know, it didn't, it wasn't, yeah, I wouldn't call it vibrant. We don't have 200 people in there and it's not, you know. But the conversations that we did have with the people that were in there for the most part, except for this other self radicalized dude, were, were really good. And that, and it works. It, and you're right. It's, it's almost like the old internet forums. And that's what I, I, I think that's the direction to go with this. Um, where, yeah, you have to know somebody to get in, you have to be vetted, and it has to be operated, uh, you know, sort of in a, <laughs> like a totalitarian regime. You know, you violate the law, you're gone, just so you yeah, can I, keep the peace. Yeah, I had, a, I had a buddy who added me to a, to a group, and uh, I got in there, and I thought it was a group to have as civil a debate as you can and try to keep it respectful as possible, and it quickly devolved into people creeping on each other's Facebook profiles, pulling pictures of their mothers. This is the group that I've, I've talked about without really going into detail, where I had someone take screenshots of my profile and threaten to send them to my mother because my mother was listed mm -hmm. on Facebook. And I'm like, well, she's been dead for six years, so unless she got some serious smelling salts and space heaters, she's not going to give a fuck. <laughs> send it away. I don't care. <laughs> And I got bounced out. And my buddy who added me goes, hey, man, I'm sorry. And I'm like, I've been kicked out of enough groups not to know to take it personal. You know, right. it, it, it's it's just, I, I don't, I to me, if that's the way they, if that's the rules of that playground, I'll find right. another, I'll find another playground that little bit further down the road. I'm fine with that. You know, right. I don't, that's nonsense. That's, that, that is, that is trolling. That is literally doing shit that's going to end up to kind of bring it back to it where you're going to get doxxed or you're going to get swatted or you're going to piss someone off to where they're going to go, oh, I see this picture of you standing outside your work. I know right where that is. And I, people say, oh, that doesn't happen. I've literally seen it happen. I've, I've, we've, we've had it happen at a job I worked at. Uh, uh, an ex stalked one of the guys, saw a picture with him with his new girlfriend, followed him to work, and all hell broke loose to the point where we were trying Jesus to like, Christ. we're trying to keep people from committing acts of violence to the point where everybody was going to get arrested when the cops showed up, and I was just like, Damn. this is insanity, man. You know, yeah. and this is a place of business, and we're trying to, you know, customers are in there going, what the fuck kind of place do you guys run here? And we're just like, Please just don't get involved. We're the cops are on the way. Get it outside. It's like bouncer. It's literally like bouncers. Get it outside in the parking lot. You're not going to do that shit in here. And hopefully, cooler heads prevailed. Cops showed up. Nothing really happened except for some harsh words and pushing and shoving. But I mean, it's that's how quickly shit like this can escalate. And that's right. why why I keep my circle of people on Facebook so small and how you like you said you run your group is how i run my page my, my personal yeah. page if someone comes on there trying to start an argument i'll give them a very polite but stern warning 
I don't do this on my yeah. page. You want to do it on yours, fine. They right. persist, I bounce them. And if it's one of those people who get through the cracks because they're a friend of a friend and I don't know them yeah. and they get in and start shit, I shut it down immediately. You're gone. Yeah. And I, I just block them. Call me yeah. a pussy, but I, I don't need this. Well, you know, there's something else that uh, it's it's interesting you mentioned that. Uh, there was this thing that I came up with when I was uh, weeding everybody out last year um, called uh, Friendship Capital. You know, where you have, like, there's a lot of people that I haven't seen in 30 years that think that they have this overabundance of familiarity with me. You know what I mean? Uh, where they think that they can just sort of, uh, they can come in and bust my balls and start, you know, jumping in on every fucking conversation I'm having with everybody else. And it was just like, it dawned on me, like, motherfucker, I ain't seen you since Reagan. All right? Uh, maybe if I had laid eyes on you, in the last five years or the last 10 years, maybe I would give you a little bit more slack. But you know what? You don't have any of that capital left. You don't have that, that, that right or that, uh, um, that uh, um, you don't have that sort of, uh, Jesus Christ, my mouth is, my mind is slipping here. And there's a word, an obvious word, and I can't find it. <laughs> but you don't have that, um, that sort of capital where you're permitted to be that familiar with me. Right. And I found that people that I have actually talked to in person or that I have seen, I've uh, run into even for 10 minutes, it sort of builds that up. And you have a little more standing than somebody who I haven't seen in 30 years. You know, and it comes back to, I think, that 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 organic interaction and how that sort of feeds and builds relationships and keeps things, um, I, I, I think, at a, a more relatively stable and uh, appropriate relationship status if that makes any sense uh but yeah if you don't have that and you come in and you, you just think that you can kind of i don't know behave like any fucking common idiot you need to go and <laughs> don't come back it's kind of how i started treating it well yeah i mean we we kind of talked about this last week aaron you said that you, you know you've been on twitter and someone is, I, I, I can't remember the exact circumstances. Was it like went off on some racist whatever tirade and somehow you were included? And you were like, uh-uh, I don't think so. I'm not dealing with this. And, you know, is that a bitch move? I don't know. I just don't want the, I don't want the drama. Yeah. I can create enough bullshit for myself to deal with. I don't need your baggage, too. Trust me. I got a whole U, I got a U-Haul truck outside full of my baggage. I don't need yours. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I'm good. Yeah. But... Oh, one one thing I, I I'm really going to just radically change subject here. This might be the last one we talk about, but I just want, I feel like we'd be uh, we we would we would be missing something if we didn't bring this up. The whole fucking Chris, you jinxed us last week. You said Jeff Sessions hadn't done shit with pot. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, he's done, but th he's made this noise before already. He's already rattled this coffee can. The same. He's done the same thing. I, I don't know, like. Well, but he he officially rescinded the oh, I forget what they called it. There's a name for the memo based on the Cole. man who penned Cole. it. Yes, thank you. The Cole memo that uh that basically said that states uh that the states that that the federal government should just stay hands off when it comes to medicinal marijuana. And well, the federal that, what what it was what, just to, just to clarify what it was was that yes. uh, it ordered the state's attorney generals to deprioritize prosecuting marijuana 
related yes. offenses. So basically, Absolutely. leave pot alone. It wasn't the federal government. It was the, the Fed telling the state's attorney generals not to do these yes. sorts of things. So it's not like the Fed's moving in. And uh, what I'm wondering, uh, not to completely cut you off, I just want to oh, throw this out there and let you guys run with it for a second. What I'm wondering is, yeah, Sessions can, you know, go in and uh, deal Obama ties pot if he wants to. What if the state's attorney generals don't follow that directive? And where do states' rights come in? This is the thing that I was thinking about. The, these these cunts that are always whining about states' rights, states' rights, states' rights, states' rights. This is the most obvious states' rights issue I can think of. And where is you know the, the where is the <laughs> the uh, consistency as far as leaving states alone, letting them letting the people who live in these states determine their own no, fate? Absolutely. I guess. Well, I, you know. We haven't heard much from Trump on the issue of cannabis, but we know that he considers it a state's rights issue. At least he did at one time in one interview. <laughs> who, who knows what he actually thinks now, but yeah, he hasn't yeah. been vocal about it. I, right, so it, it, doesn't, I don't, it doesn't necessarily change anything, but it could definitely leave open for, you know, for a lot of, of prosecutions of what is are considered legitimate businesses in those states. So, fuck it, it's bizarre, isn't it? Like, you, you, you open this door, and for several years you let people build businesses and you let people sort of build infrastructure around these businesses, and all of a sudden, just because one Alabama fucking inbred motherfucker can come in and, and, and be appointed attorney general, all of this is going to be blown up how is that even? I don't get that. What, what? Where the fuck are we living? You know that every now you've got to base your business and how you make a living. If you choose to follow the new law, you have to build that on a four-year plan because the next guy who comes in might find you to be a criminal. How does that make any fucking sense whatsoever? No, well, it doesn't. the the governor of uh, Colorado was on. Um, NPR and he was talking about he's basically said I'm not saying things are going to be as wide open as it has been but if you follow the regulations the state sets I don't think you're going to have many problems and the interviewer said now how could you say that to people in your state and to be honest with you I don't know if the governor I think the governor of Colorado's a Democrat I believe so more, but he said, likely, yeah. he said something. He said something. No, the second looper. He's a Republican. Oh, he's a Republican. Yeah, is he really? This, then this yeah. this makes what wow. he said even more ballsy. He basically said he thinks that this proclamation, whatever, from Jeff Sessions is more of a it's 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 a reaction to the fact that not only has California legalized recreational weed, but they've made their state a sanctuary state. Yes, and that this is. Since you're going to do that, we're going to crack down on this because you're not doing what we want you to do over here. And Colorado hasn't crossed that line. So it's almost as if he was implying. I mean, he did bring up 30 states have some form of medical marijuana laws or a few, and a few of them just have outright legalized it. But he said yeah. California is the only one that's declared itself a sanctuary state also. And this 
proclamation comes out <coughs> right after. Kind of like 2 plus 2, I'm not going to tell you what it equals, you figure it out for yourself. And if that's the case, to me that's even worse than if Jeff Sessions just says, uh, you know, his whole, no one who smokes weed's a good person, and I'm going to go after it, that's bad enough. If you're using that as an excuse to crack down on a state that did something that you don't like, and you are a member of the quote-unquote state's rights party, <laughs> I mean... No. I, I, but I, 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 so, state's rights only applies as long as those states are doing things that you consider to be right. Yeah. It's all about right. state's rights until it's about abortion and weed. Yep, when it comes to drugs right. or your uterus. Well, a uterus. Yep. I shouldn't say your uterus. And now they've added a third one. We're not going to, you know, you can't be a sanctuary state Immigration. whatsoever. Yeah. And I, which I think is, if I'm understanding it correctly, and if I'm wrong, please correct me, because I, I don't want to keep walking around ignorant of the facts. That doesn't mean that you have carte blanche just to walk in that state and you have the exact same rights as a natural born citizen. That just means that if yeah. something happens and you go to the hospital, they don't call ice on you to come get you after they've stabilized immigrants are coming in here right. it goes they're well, selling it goes a little weed further than that and they're getting abortions i lived in two i lived in two sanctuary cities denver and uh santa fe and um i think it goes a little bit beyond the hospital i mean even if you get pulled over like if you're an immigrant and you're here illegally and a cop pulls you over what it means to be a sanctuary city is that they don't check your immigration status even in that case yeah you know uh, now, you shoot somebody, okay, you got a problem. But just normal, you know, going to the hospital, normal interactions with the police, you know, minor traffic issues or whatever, no, they're not going to, uh, it's not gonna, like a papers please kind of thing. They don't do that. Gotcha. Right. It's like where uh, a lot of areas have decriminalized cannabis. It's not right. legal, but... You know, it's not a priority either. Right, right. Don't be an ass with. Don't be an ass about it. <laughs> Basically, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Do your stuff. Just don't be a dick. So, I mean, so. is it, is the consensus with you guys? Basically, you think this is just, for lack of a better term, some saber saber rattling. Yeah. Well, you have to consider. I mean, if it's the, how much is this really going to change? Because unless there's actual oh, problems with the with the cannabis industry in the states that have legalized it, it's not likely to. If it's popular with the people, I don't I don't see that. I mean, it's, it's certainly possible that the attorney well, general could start going after uh, these legal businesses, at least as far as the state's concerned. But it gives. Oh, it, sorry. It's not a good political move. Right, they don't, they don't have much to gain from that unless they want to just impress the federal government. Yeah, it, it could have a, a it, it. What it does, I think, is it um, leaves too much control in the hands of this one short little fucking trolley looking um, Elf Jeff like. Sessions guy. Yeah, I mean, it, it depends on on how aggressively he decides to enforce federal law federal law supersedes state law he is the attorney general if he's telling his attorney generals to prosecute uh these businesses that are now that are technically they are you have to i mean you, you can't ignore the fact that these businesses are technically in violation of federal law 
So is it a game changer? It, it, it all depends on how aggressively he decides to implement uh, the uh, revocation of that cold thing. Cold, what was it called? The coal... The coal memo. Died down. The coal memo, yeah. I don't know. Right. It well, could, also it, consider it this, could I mean, there, <laughs> there, there, there were two Republican senators that came out to say that that Sessions should step down. So, yeah. I mean, this seems to still, be I mean, this seems to be Sessions' thing. Nobody around him is looking to make this an issue. Well, he's been consistent about this though for a long time. He's yes. been anti-pot no, forever. It's not it's not out of character for him. So, yeah, I don't know. I you know, if I I guess if I had a business in Denver, and I was making good money, and I had uh, sort of set my life up where I figured I'd be doing this in the next thirty years. I'd be worried. Right. He and many you states attorney, state, states attorneys uh, general have power to act unilaterally on this. I don't know that they have anything to gain from doing so. Right. Yeah. I mean, it depends on if you're looking at it from, do you think Jeff Sessions is doing this as a political ploy, or do you think he actually is, this is an ideological thing for him? Um, and yeah, do I, I guess look at I the state's attorneys in the same answer. light? Yeah, I think it's an ideological thing for Jeff Sessions, certainly. And whatever. Well, well that makes it worse. This motherfucker yeah. needs to go back to busting corporate criminals and making EL fudge cookies. Just get the fuck out my face with this shit, man. Fuck, seriously? Yeah. I, I mean, well. I, 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 we're going to sit here and talk. Okay, you're the attorney general. You're worried about a plant that calms people down versus a legal drug, alcohol, that fucking right. will, will, will incite a riot quicker than throwing a chair at the fucking source awards. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, he is. I, <laughs> I, show me one person who's died from withdrawals from weed, and then I'll start to believe your bullshit. I mean, I just I cannot believe it's the 21st century where where we're at. We we are at perpetual war in Afghanistan over poppy fields, so big pharma can keep pumping fucking opioids into a, into us for a profit. Yet we're worried about a plant, a fucking plant that grows naturally. This is the, here. you know, you look at the progress that's been made with, with pot in the last 10 years, and this is why I used to call the Republican Party the regressive party. Because it's almost like you're trying to, you're trying to de, uh, devolve rather than evolve. You take a couple of steps forward toward common sense. And yet, as soon as you get uh, a Republican party, a uh, Republican in, in office, uh, you've got to roll back any sort of Social progress that's been made. even you're not even the, the the social shit you know that we we typically talk about, but this is just common fucking sense. Legalize the shit; it's making money, man. You know, yeah, hearing hearing the governor talk about just take a shit on it. Hearing <laughs> the governor talk about a half a billion in revenue, yeah, and that was after the uh, the you know because they they have to enforce laws and stuff, so they have just like anything else, they create you know a, a bureaucratic arm to go out and make sure that kids don't get hold of edibles and they do inspections and shit, and they're still bringing in half a billion in revenue? How could yeah. you argue with that when we're talking about, oh, well, we're going to cut Medicaid, and or, or not Medicaid, but Medicare for old people, and we're going to once again raise the age before you get your Social Security, your entitlement, by the way, which you've paid into your entire life. It's not an entitlement. Yeah. It's my money. Give it to me. But, you know... Right. We're going to worry about a plant that could make us money because why? It's the devil's lettuce. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't get it. I, 
I mean, I understand how much. How much, of, how much of Medicaid could uh, could just take the pot revenue, the tax revenue from pot? How much of Medicaid would that cover? I mean, I. It depends on who you talk to, and a lot of people I talk to say that you know we're talking trillions of dollars, and pot won't cover that. And I said no, but you know it'll cover a good chunk of it, and then especially if we also stop fucking meddling with our military everywhere in the fucking world, where something goes on, and we're afraid, oh, something's going to happen we don't like, so we better have. Bases over there. I mean, what are we worried about Germany and Japan doing at this point? Making scat porn and better iPads? The fuck out of here! What do we Combine, need bases over combining there? Combining forces and making scat slash tentacle porn. <laughs> <laughs> Shitting octopuses, <laughs> fucking all the women. Scat hentai. Oh, yeah, wow. that's what we're worried about. <laughs> It's already out but, there. I've seen it. <laughs> you, know, you know what? That is a sign of progress, though, because if that's what we're worried about Gentai. Germany and Japan doing at this point in history, we have made progress, I think. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best response I, I saw to the news on uh, Jeff Sessions rescinding the memo was from uh, a Twitter feed it's called Colorado State Dems. It says... We'll give Jeff, Jeff Sessions our legal pot when he pries it from our warm, interesting-to-look-at hands. <laughs> Extremely interesting-to-look-at hands. Our, our warm Dorito-dusted hands. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, this is just one of the... Yeah, I, I read that. Uh, I, I'm not getting a lot of news down here. I just finally... Uh, today figured out what a bomb cyclone was uh but i, I read that on my uh, my iphone today and i just, just like, means it's the bomb diggity of cyclones <laughs> yeah. yeah my house is getting hit with that by the way i talked to my girlfriend tonight and uh yeah she got like uh she said she was getting 12 inches of snow and uh, like, that's what I named like my the dick rapper. Oh, yeah, and the you got a Canadian white rapper in your house. You better get home soon, dude. Yeah. <laughs> no, but she, yeah, they're getting fucking pounded. So I just kind of wish I was there. I haven't seen a real snowstorm in fucking years. So. Well, if you if if you uh, if you have your ways, stop in uh, Erie, Pennsylvania. They got six feet dropped on them in forty eight hours. Tell her to use social six media to send you but pictures. How is that possible? Six feet. Yes. No. I no. They did, that happened a few years ago, but like around Buffalo. Yeah. It was like Dude, six I, or seven feet, I think. Even. I used yeah, to live. Like, I, used, I used to live in in central New York. I, it's possible. <laughs> I've seen it. I used to live yeah. in the mountains, yeah. man. It's it's very possible. Oh, by yeah. the way, Chris, she did. Uh, we were on Facetime, and she I didn't need social media. And she put the uh, she showed me the parking lot and the deck on Facetime. There you go. So I did see some snow. The snow cane. Yeah, Jesus. That just you know the first my first reaction when I saw that bomb cyclone thing, I was sitting out with this Danish couple, and I just went into this fucking rant. This poor girl, she's such a saint. She listened to me and smiled, and I was just talking about like how the the media has to just the, the U.S. media has to just ex- fucking uh, sensationalize everything. What the fuck is a bomb cyclone? What the fuck kind of name is that? Why do you have to call it? Do you remember the polar vortex? It's formed by Bombo. What's it? Bombo <laughs> Genesis or whatever? Is the term yeah, yeah. Around? Yeah, when so I was, I, is- I drove, I drove down to Florida to visit family around Christmas 2012, and uh, the day before I was leaving, I turned on the local news down there, and they're talking about snowpocalypse. 
Oh, God. Yes, I I remember that. And and like 12, 14 hours later, I was in the middle of the snowpocalypse, and I was like, this ain't shit. I guess it's scary (laughs) to people in Florida, but this ain't shit. I I live in Michigan. Get the fuck out of here. It's like fucking, it reminds me of that Saturday Night Live skit when they had Chris Farley be all... Be El Nino. I am El Nino. I am Snowpocalypse. The Nino. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one thing I didn't read today, though, this storm's pretty fucking. It, it, it's interesting. I, I actually wanted to do a little research because I just I wasn't content with just being pissed off at the word uh, uh, bomb cyclone or whatever. But this storm, uh, the the I guess the intensif the the. Uh, intensification of it over 21 hours was like off the charts historic like how strong it got and how quickly it got that strong and then it was like i, I guess the um the tide came in from boston and my, my girlfriend was actually supposed to fly out or out of logan today she's got this thing going on in chicago for work and they canceled her flight but apparently uh the tide came in at record levels flooded parts of downtown Boston to the point where they had to take boats into the streets of Boston to get people out of their cars because of the tide. It's that snow cocky. Well, yeah, man, that's uh, I guess it's, I just wish I was there. I wish I, I probably would have drove towards Boston. Would you be like Sean Penn and getting in a boat? Yeah. No. Going collecting the survivors the streets of Boston. Yeah. Snow cocky's coming for you. Yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, this felt interesting, guys. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. Is this our first? Uh, this your first multi-continental podcast? Yes. Oh yeah. Multi multi-hemispheral podcast. Ah. Well, wait a minute. Didn't? Yeah, not international. Because didn't Jay call us from Mexico one time? Or wasn't he on? No. Was it? No? My bad. All right. We were on another podcast where other people were calling in from Mexico? I'm cheating on you, motherfucker. Hey, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cheating on you. One podcast ain't enough. By the way, oh. Bomb Cyclone sounds like the worst 90s rapper ever. <laughs> I just, I just, <laughs> Be open for snow. It sounds like it sounds like if Marvel and DC tried to create a rapping superhero. <laughs> but it was a bunch of white oh, guys in a meeting. They were like, Bomb Cyclone. That That's bomb? great. You know, I'm going to create a game. I want to create a game. I want to create the unregimented drinking game. Oh, boy. And every time comic books are mentioned, you have to take a shot if you're listening to this podcast. And then at the end of the podcast, you have to take a picture of yourself and send it to us. How does uh, that sound? We do it on several podcasts. Some of, yeah, some, some of the some of our episodes would kill inexperienced drinkers. That's <laughs> all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. uh, eugenics, baby. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So how does the uh, sound quality, how does that work? How did that uh, sound to you guys? Sounds great. Yeah, I'm on my iPhone and my uh, iPhone, uh, uh, my little uh, wired earbuds. And... Yeah. Uh, the only, the only thing I can say is every once in a while, I don't know if it was a chair or a door, but it sounds like you were open up at like the crypt keeper's front door to his house. It was like the squeaking. <laughs> exactly. yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know what? The, I'll send you guys. I can I can send a picture to you. I think. Let me see here. 
It was the, uh, it's like the jail cell door that leads out to the deck of the patio. That's what, when I was going out to smoke, that's what you heard. <laughs> Sorry You're in Peru and you yeah. can't even smoke inside in Peru? Uh, I could probably get away with it, but no, no. You can smoke uh, a lot of places, though. I can smoke the taxi cabs. Uh, some, any, pretty much all the bars I think you can smoke in. Oh, uh, Jesus. Uh, how much is the dollar worth in Peru? <laughs> I got like 12 in my uh, bank account. I just want to go someplace where I can smoke in a bar again, legally. It uh, is about... Um, Oh, yeah, I can't send you pictures because you're using a previous version of Skype. I tried. Um, the dollar is, uh, well, the soul is worth about 30 cents. So it's Damn. like 3.2 souls for $1. Um, give you an idea of the cost of living here and how cheap it is. I, I'm paying six fifty for this private room at this hostel with a TV and hot water and a shower and all that. It's not fancy, but it's cheap. Uh Today, I went across the street uh, to this little diner and had fried chicken, rice, and French fries with soup. Paid $2. It was wonderful. Six souls. You uh, tell me ecstasy's oh. readily available and uncut. I'm there. Yeah, and this is, yeah. <laughs> this is why all of our manufacturing has left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a, you get what you pay for a lot of times, my friend. Uh, but one thing that I will tell you, Chris, I was telling Chris about this. I came down and I had a filling fall out of my mouth in Bogota while we were up there. And so I came down, got down here. My friend Chris had uh, got some dental work done here a few years ago and said it was pretty good and it was really uh, cheap. So I went in to see about getting this filling replaced. Happened to ask about, I, I got hit in the mouth with a uh, Mountain Dew bottle years and years ago and I have a lot of reconstructive work on the top of my mouth that's really old now and so I was like you know what what would it cost to just replace this three tooth bridge and take care of these funky ass teeth on the other side maybe get a, a six tooth bridge done and what it turned out what they quoted me eight bucks was it not far off dude it was like uh, uh, for all of that plus having my shit cleaned and getting a bunch of cavities done because American fucking dental care sucks and I can't afford to go to the fucking dentist. Uh, they quoted me something like uh, uh, 800 bucks wow. for six a six-tooth. And this is a high-end place. This isn't like the fucking place the Ketchewans go to. This is like where fucking rich-ass Lamanians will go. Uh, so I mean, nice fucking shit. To the drug lords go? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly where they would go. Pablo and they, they quoted me. Yeah. Yeah, and I was like, and I, I got I got to thinking about this and checked around a little bit online, and it's like one fifteenth for all that work, what it would have cost cost me to have it done in in the U.S. Uh, would have been well over twelve, fourteen thousand dollars to have that, and I had to have a root canal done. Thanks a lot, Obama. Yeah, root canal, hundred fifty bucks. That's usually, I, if I'm remembering correctly, about a grand up there. So, yeah, I, uh, they do good work. So I, that's that's the only reason I'm fucking hanging around for another two weeks that's to get all that's that done. I, that's why if I need a tooth removed up here, I just get drunk, go to the bar, and pick a fight. <laughs> there you go. Hey, <laughs> fuck you. Can you punch but, right around here? Here, yeah, exactly. I didn't need yeah, the three yeah. around that one either. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you, though, man, if you need, like, real fucking dental work done, I mean, beyond getting a little cavity filled here and there, uh, it's worth 
I mean, easily worth the round trip airfare to come down here, take the bus up from Lima and fucking hang out in this $6 room for a week or two and get all your shit done. Yeah, I mean, you're going to save so much fucking money. That's how Kanye West's mom died, though, Todd. She went and got some How's cheap that? surgery in, I think it was Mexico or South America. And she died from the botched plastic surgery. What the fuck are you talking? <laughs> plastic surgery? I ain't getting my tits done, motherfucker. Get my teeth done. <laughs> tell, the, tell the kill Kanye's mom. Yeah. The cheap surgery. It's all right. I've been eating fucking... Uh, Peruvian street food long enough and it's going to take more than a little fucking bacteria inside some Botox to knock off did, Godzilla. I did joke with Todd when he told me he's going to South American Dennis. Like, what's it going to be like? Here, chew on this coca leaf. Here's your, here's your local. And then what happened? Then what happened? Tell him the rest of the story. Uh, I don't know if this is information you'd like to volunteer. That's what I don't want to tell the rest yeah, of the story. Yeah, it's fine. Nice. Yeah, and then I sent him a picture of the bag of coca leaves I had in my fucking pocket. <laughs> there you go. And all of a sudden, we heard, we heard uh, Can't You Hear Me Knocking by the Rolling Stones. I, I, did tell him, I, was like, I did tell him that's all it takes to start a cartel. <laughs> Dude, if you, ever, if you ever come down here, you can get uh, coca leaves. I think you can get them in Colombia. I think they're legal up there. Uh, and, but they're like the sacred plant of Peru, right? Uh, little fucking leaves, you take the stems out, you shove them in your cheek, you take some baking soda or some other bicarbonate, and you, you, you put that shit on there. It is the best fucking thing ever. Nothing like cocaine. I mean, you get the, the energy that you get from cocaine, but you don't get any of the other shit. It's fucking awesome. It's such a wonderful thing. I wish I could bring you guys a fucking pound each. No, I don't want to go to jail. No, uh, NSA, prank caller, prank caller. Yeah. I don't know who this is. On the other <laughs> <line>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, uh, yeah. So, all so, these guys so, that I met up in Col- What's that? I was just saying, so on that, should we wrap this up? <laughs> yeah. This is being recorded. <laughs> go ahead and feel free to use your editing skills on that last part if you want oh, to. Yeah. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, speaking of which, I, I never uh, did. You ever get that disc, Rich? No, you didn't. Uh, did she forget yeah. to. Yeah, um, huh. Santa, uh, uh, the Santa Anita address, right? Is this yeah. familiar? Yeah. Um, yeah. No, but I did put a change of address <laughs> in the uh, post office, and I, I maybe some fuckery happened there, and they were like, "Oh." And it just got lost. I don't. I don't know. But yeah, I haven't received uh, any disc. Oh shit! I just. I forgot you. I, I forgot about it after like a week or two. I was like, he probably went and forgot about it. I'll get it eventually, one way or the other. No big deal. So. Oh boy. It never came back to us either. Oh, oh you fuck. weren't sending me a copy, were you? That kitten is dead. I hate to tell you guys. <laughs> no, it was. Yeah, if that was your only copy, I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh shit. Okay, I may have another one somewhere. No, I sent him a copy of that uh, old Cool Edit 2.0, Chris. Ha. Uh, that I that I had lying around. Oh. Uh, but I may have another. I hope I do. Or I hope my girlfriend just put it in the fucking desk and forgot to send it. That would be great. Dolby Auditions, for- twenty bucks a month, Rich. And it's worth every goddamn penny. Gotcha. Where are you getting? How are you getting twenty bucks a month? Work. Uh, those cocoa leaves. Yeah. I just, <laughs> <laughs> no. How, seriously, how are you getting audition for twenty a month? 
through the Adobe, through the uh, Creative Cloud, through the website. I thought it was like 40 or something. No, times have changed. Let's I'll do, relook at it again. They went to, I'm already paying. I think in 2015, mm-hmm. they went to all cloud-based. And that's when yeah, I started yeah, yeah. paying that's, for it. That's how I'm getting my um, my Photoshop apps and stuff for the photography. But I, I last time I looked, it was like 40 to get yeah, audition. Yeah, no, Photoshop. Yeah. Fo- Photoshop's 40 bucks a month. I'm paying 20 bucks a month for audition. Yeah, I'm man. only paying 10 for that. I'm paying 10 for the entire photography thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm going to go look at that. I, I'm not... Fuck, I'm losing my mind here tonight. I'll check it out when I get back. Maybe it's dropped. All right. On that note, Todd, thanks for joining us once again. There's always a microphone or Skype channel available to you. I'll try to be better rested next time. <laughs> gotcha. And I uh, just want to thank everybody for listening. Hit us up on the Twitter at UnregimentedPod. Email the show, Unregimented at ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. See you. Eat coca leaves. Later, guys. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.